Welcome to Rem and Sam back here again, back at it, um, doing what we love. And I don't know, we might have some interesting announcements, interesting mm, developments <laughs> being made. I don't know. Rem's hard at work over there. You know, it's no longer just Rem's for money, for, for money. And there's got to be something, something, something oh. that we got for. Well, you're but, the money man. I mean, you're the, you're a Kimani. Hey, <laughs> you're the hey, money guy. It's something. It's something. In the uh, name. But starting off here, we might have, we looks like we might have a guest um, get on here in a little bit. Um, and, but it's that tentative. Mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We're monitoring the situation. Uh, but it is still a crazy, uh, we still got a crazy rundown here, even without uh, our guest, even though we'd love to have him on. Um, we got uh, All in. conference, uh, conference championship picks. Uh, maybe look back at a little bit of last week's game, and um, we got NBA. Uh, we got the All Stars were announced. Uh, we got some Olympic pool reactions. I don't know. The team's looking stacked, um, and we also got a whole lot in the corners. Lots of stuff going on, and uh, just got. Our guest confirmed coming on. So we'll be on in a couple oh. minutes. So get hyped. But oh, the call in worked. I know. I know. Call, call in works. Um, but Rem, do you want to do you want to just start with uh, let's see, where do where do you want to start here? I well, don't know. I, we just go in. We oh, got our, we, you know, we always have our little list of stuff, but I did, yeah. I left, I left something off the list from the past oh. week that, uh, I don't want to talk about, but I don't know if it needs to be mentioned or not. I did leave the Harvard thing off the list on purpose. Mm, yeah, sure. That is true. How How is it? I mean, is it crazy that in one year you could lose your men's basketball coach and men's mm. football coach? Or I guess no one. A football coach as well? It's I mean, just... the, the Michigan <laughs> basketball hasn't looked great this yeah, we'll definitely see what happens with Juwan Howard. Who knows? Uh, I, it would probably be after the season if something happened. But uh, yeah, you know the the alumni came out to support him in the the I forget which game that oh it was the Ohio State game the other day. They had all the Fab Five out there, so maybe they're they're they've got his back. They're trying to support him, trying to help keep his job. But the toughest the toughest part of this, and there was a couple tough parts of the Harbaugh thing. Obviously, obviously losing what could be maybe the best head coach in college football. I, I maybe Kirby Smart's number one. But uh I guess you know top three, top four head coach in college football. Yeah. Outside yes. of that, like one, it did seem like that like they were ready to make him the highest. They were ready to do whatever it was going to take to keep Jim Harbaugh. Like that's obvious. They just won the national title. They had offered him the money. They had, you know, there was some there were some reports that he was trying to work some stuff in the contract where he had some job security in case there was some, I don't know, firing or fine potential. So who knows what ended up happening on that front? There hasn't really been any like continuous reporting since then about that, but Michigan was willing to give him the money, whatever it takes. So we'll see what the numbers that says, it says they were willing to make him the highest paid head coach in college football. So we'll see what the number is that he gets with, with the charges. And I might want to ask you about that too in a second, but the other tough part was too, it's like, you know, it, it was, it's obvious. I'm not complaining that we just won the national title, but it <laughs> would have been nice to celebrate it a little bit more than, especially since this just happened too. They won the national title at the beginning of the year, like beginning of this month. So the fact yeah. that like 
immediately, like, you know, McCarthy's going to declare for the NFL. That's fine. That makes sense. He had his run. He did his job. You know, he did, he was at Michigan to win the title, got it done. So that makes sense. And then Harbaugh leaves right away. It is, it is just kind of a bummer that the national title, I, I mean, it's still there. It's going to hopefully live on forever. We'll see what happens with the NCAA stuff. But the fact that we don't even get to, you know, celebrate it for, even a month and then all our guys are gone is kind of a bummer. And the other, like the other college coaches too, that have won national titles recently, haven't really done that. I know it's been a lot of Saban, but like Kirby smarts, a tenure guy, you know, Dabo Sweeney still hanging around in Clemson. So Harbaugh leading for the, like, like you were, you were trying to prepare me for it, but surprisingly I was unprepared. I was kind of shocked. It was a bummer. And the thing that makes Harbaugh different, even though he did get, his start in the in college football is that he was it always seemed like he was more of a NFL kind of guy. Um, whenever when he joined the Michigan, I mean, the question constantly was, "Oh, is he going to go to the NFL? Is he going to go to the NFL?" And the thing is, is that he could have very easily quelled those suspicions if they weren't getting any reports. I mean, the, these these rumors weren't coming out of nowhere. Is the point? And teams would know not to call him in the first place if he shut the, everything down. I mean, they're not calling for Kirby, you know. There might be teams always calling for it, but there's no serious reports out there about Harbaugh maybe going to the NFL. And so to have these reports smart, continually yeah. happen um, every single uh, – for these reports to constantly keep coming out, there had to be something that from Harbaugh, from Michigan, something that wasn't stopping these reports. And – you know, he's in, look where we're at. I mean, the reports were right. And, you know, we, like I mentioned, we try to warn you. It is it is kind of funny, you know, it's like uh, it's similar to the superhero philosophy that, you know, when you have a big, you know, powerful thing going on, everyone, all the competitors and rivals tend to bulk up and get all their guys. Um, it's actually one of my favorite interesting things with philosophy or of superheroes is like sometimes it's worse when you have a superhero because the villains go like way overboard to beat the superhero. But it's the same thing with um, mm. the AFC West. I mean, we look at the Broncos they bring in Sean Payton. They make the huge trade for Russell Wilson, the chargers, they move up their timeline with Justin Herbert. Now they have Jim Harbaugh there and, you know, the Raiders realize they're, you know, maybe at the bottom of the pile, but at least they finally make the right choice in keeping their interim head coach, um, and Pierce and make him full-time guy. And, you know, maybe McConnell may not be, you know, a long-term guy, but at least they're committed to building something there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how much Harbaugh can change the, they need a culture changer and that's what he is. All right. It looks like we have another guest, another Bay Area friend. I don't know. We, we, we just keep bringing out. There's just so many interesting people I've met since I've gotten to the Bay, and Carter is definitely <laughs> one of them. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the pod, Carter. Absolutely. Happy to be here. I know that I don't want to make it sound like that's a shot at the people at Iowa, but hey, the, hey, Bay, hey. the Bay is, it's, <laughs> hey, it's been good. Papa Price. You know, now Carter, you know, Mark, you know, I mean, it's been amazing. Hey, look, look, there's some there's some crazy technologies and stuff going on, which we'll get into a little bit later going on the Bay. And I, I don't know. I'm, I haven't seen too much in Iowa, but I do 
you know, I still appreciate people in Iowa. No shots are there, but uh, <laughs> Carter, Midwest, um, step it up. <laughs> Carter, I know uh, you'd mentioned, you know, we know you got a couple teams um, and, you know, get a little bit to the soccer corner. I think you might be our first soccer fan guest is mm. really big, but with the NBA, um, who who do you watch? Do you have any favorite players, teams? What's what's the NBA situation look like? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I, uh, I'm also from one of those uh, Midwest flyover states. I'm from uh, Arkansas. And one of the key Ooh. facts about Arkansas relevant here is that there are no professional teams there. And so growing up, uh, I never really had to commit to an allegiance early. My dad's from Boston, so I've got some affinity for Boston teams. But for the most part, uh, and for NBA in particular, gravitated a lot towards players. Uh, for a long time, was a big Dwayne Wade guy. So was a Miami, Miami Heat guy for an even longer time have been a LeBron guy. So my allegiances mm. uh, were to Cleveland and then to Miami and then back to Cleveland and now to the Lakers as well. So even now, mostly gravitate towards players. Now that I'm in the Bay, certainly the Warriors for sure. Steph Curry's great. Uh, big fan of LeBron. Uh, other players that sort of pique my curiosity are Jokic, who makes me uh, gasps more than anyone else with passing. Love Ja, love how he plays, love Halliburton, mm. love how he plays. Um, yeah, those those are the players I tend to follow most. But, you know, if you're asking me, I want the people around me to be happy. So Warriors are, are who I'm going to be rooting <laughs> for mostly. You don't follow Malik Monk at all? Arkansas native? That's the number one <laughs> Arkansas basketball uh, guy that comes to mind, Malik you Monk. You know, uh, I think of Bobby Portis still holds the mantle mm. you know, as uh, Arkansas guys. So, oh, Portis. Yeah, that's who I think of as like the quintessential Arkansas guy. There are a couple other guys. So I went to the University of Tulsa, and we have a couple guys. The uh, Quan Jeffries, who I think is on the Knicks G League team, mm. and then Harrison, who's been a journeyman for a good period of time. He's been on the Lakers, the Bulls, stuff like that. So Shaq Harrison is quote unquote my favorite player because we were in college at the exact same time, but he is, I think in the G league at the moment. I've always kind of liked him. He's kind of nice. Yeah. Big guard can if guard, he, you know, if he defender. had a shot, man, he, he's uh explosive, super athletic, really fast, yeah. great defensively. Just the shot never sort of matured into a uh, NBA caliber. Bring him in on the Spurs. We could use a, a little guard help. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I yeah. genuinely think that's a good idea. So <laughs> we could give him some minutes. So I've got the list of I've actually got a list here of basketball players from Arkansas. And I got it here sorted by points per game. So the number one player points per game from Arkansas. And this is where, you know, me and Sam, our age can kind of come into play here. We don't necessarily think back to all the background of these Ooh, guys. But yeah, yeah. Guess. See if you is can this guess. All time or currently. All time. Uh, is Derek Fisher at the top? Not Fisher. Is Pippen from Arkansas? It's Pippen, Scotty yeah. Pippen. <laughs> so I think Skip, I think Pippen has to take the crown as the best, best uh, Arkansas basketball player. He if is. You want to go way back? Danny Manning, I believe, was also uh, took Arkansas mm. to the championship in '94. Uh, the college guy. Yeah. Danny oh, Manning, sure. I think number one overall pick too at one point, at, at least, least a yeah. a high draft pick. Pippen's in the Hall of Fame. Also, Sidney Moncrief in the Ooh. Hall of Fame from right. Arkansas. Joe Johnson yes, is classic. second in uh, points per game career from Arkansas guy. Also, another a Lakers guy. I don't know if, Sam, this is a segue. Stop me if it isn't, but Austin yeah. Reeves, Arkansas guy. I did not guy. know that. Oh. I, I don't Perfect. know that either. We could just pull up an interview now that now that I look at that. <laughs> I he does. He talks, like, yeah. he talks like he's got that Arkansas thing from him. So. <laughs> Certainly. 
There you go. Now you got a player to cheer for along with LeBron. There we go. Um, but <laughs> you just know. LeBron and Scrubs. There's another <laughs> player there. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, uh, you know, we since you are a LeBron fan, and we know we know we don't have to get into the all into the nitty gritty of the the debate in basketball. But you know, uh, when you do, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. But when you do run into you know an MJ supporter, what is the stats or the thing that you point to as a LeBron yeah. fan that you have him obviously as the goat? Oh, this is a great question. Uh, so I am uh, re- relatively young, such that I never watched MJ play. So this sort of shades my discussion, obviously. The mm-hmm. way I, my short form of this discussion is like, from my perspective, it's pretty unassailable that LeBron has had the best career, the best, like, if you count up all of his years, they were just better than Jordan's from like year one to year, whatever year this is, 21. Like on the aggregate, he's had a better career. Where where you want to can split hairs uh, is that like okay like who had the better peak, and if you want to define peak as about you know three to four to five maybe six years, it's it's probably MJ it's probably Michael but it's not as far away as LeBron's peak you know I think those those years at Miami going into the second stick of Cleveland are about as unassailable in terms of like how good can a player be at the sport of basketball, and so from my perspective it's like well. If the peaks are reasonably close, say LeBron has the second best peak of all time, and it's not that far off from my perspective, and he had by far the better career, second all, you know, Kareem is probably second in that stat given the longevity factor. Those two things sort of, uh, a weighted average sort of puts LeBron over the top. Um, it, when I think about like players who have been like, what's the single best game I ever saw? The J.R. The Smith game, that game, game one, one against the Kevin yeah. Durant Warriors. <laughs> I rewatched that game like a couple months ago and you watch him mm. like LeBron has like 51. He's like one on five, every possession dominated the game. And you watch a game like that and you're like, how am I supposed to like fault LeBron that he lost this game and this series? Mm. So that's the general feeling. I never anticipate changing people's minds uh, about who's the goat. It's really not. But I do point a lot to, um, uh, I really like the Thinking Basketball channel. He does a Very lot good. of like yeah. greatest people. Shout out. So shout out, shout out shout to Baylor. Yeah, <laughs> I know he's listening. So uh, <laughs> he's a fan. Uh, that's Very what good. I say about about the uh, goat debate. And that is one of the things that I have been thinking about a lot when ranking these great players. Is you know what is important when we're talking about the greatest player of all time? Because yeah. you know it is there. There's the two things, like you said, there is the peak to it, but there's also the totality of the career, which I totally agree with you. If you just are looking at resumes, I mean, the six the six titles is one thing for MJ, but the fact now that LeBron has the scoring thing, like I think he has enough accolades where I think the resumes are at least, you know, right yeah. on par with each other. So like you said, there's also the just the peak factor, but then there's, it's like, it's like an offshoot of that, like kind of a third thing. And it's just something, it's always something I think about too when I'm, think about these guys and it's so simple but yeah. it's just like who who would you take in a game just yeah. one game who do you want and that's i don't want to start like jumping ahead into topics but one of the things that was floating around in the news this past week was durant was making comments about his goat status you know saying what have yeah. i not done and he's another guy where it's like okay i get the resume i get that even maybe you know on court you would rather have him over curry but He's a guy where it's like, are there are there actually like 12 players you would rather have over Durant? So I have actually been yeah. thinking like a lot about 
what is important in the all-time great conversation. Because I do think now that LeBron has enough and there's, you know, enough great players where I think in these different arguments, you can find, you know, different guys for your thing. I think even when we're looking at career, like Kareem, you can't leave Kareem out if we're talking all-time career as well, too. Oh, not at We're all. just doing the thing. So I do think you can make different cases for different guys, like based on these things. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, we do this weird thing because like in theory, the GOAT debate is like who gives you the most value over the course of their career. But it's not that because there is a like, uh, the way people talk about Jordan is like he had an omnipresence towards the fact that he's going to win every game. I don't yeah. think LeBron ever had that sort yeah. of uh, awe no, that's or the thing, yeah. or vibes, but it's part of like the debate. You know, you talk about it, you know, every sort of discussion about basketball is like relative to area. So it's like you want to take Durant and put him back in basically any era before 2000, I don't know, five, he's just going to be the best player ever. You know, yeah. if you put, Durant back even in like 94 he's probably just better because he's played more he knows how to shoot threes he's he has the benefits of recovery he's just gotten better at basketball as humans have done so it's like weird to sort of all of these are relative comparative uh, comparisons to era too mm-hmm. makes it impossible to sort of actually be like who's better <laughs> yeah and I, I think when you mentioned your reasoning or what, what your short form form for what you would say, you almost took the words out of my mouth because I, yeah, I've said in the past, like, I think LeBron has had the best NBA career of any player. Yeah. While I think an argument could be made, like, my MJ in his prime could be considered, like, straight basketball, pure basketball, could be best basketball player <laughs> ever. But, you know, so just that distinction. But when you look at, like, the teams that LeBron had go up against to like yeah. in that Jared Smith game, you know, there's a reasonable argument to be made that LeBron very well, very well in a normal, you know, kind of era could have maybe reached MJ. He just yeah. reached, you know, what could have been, what probably was the best basketball team ever. I mean, they had, yeah. you know, 73 wins and then added KD and, you know, we, we, all, we all know what oh. happened. We all lived it. Um, and so for him to have to go up against the greatest shooter of all time, to go up against the modern NBA with the yeah. three-point revolution, and now, and now we're just seeing it really take off with, you know, every year, like, I think the top four or five teams are, like, the most efficient of all time. And, you know, no one's sitting here saying that's better than, like, the Warriors back in the crazy. It's just, like, the numbers are off mm. the charts. But when you, I think when you look at what LeBron had to deal with, and that he's been in the league and is like the line is not going down. We're not seeing his play decrease. And now he's in the league longer than some players have been alive. I mean, like Henderson, I mean, it, it's just crazy. Yeah. He's starting to play against Bronny's teammates and his son's probably going to be in the league next year. He's um, been a basketball player. Exactly. He has not been a basketball player. It's exactly. like, okay. and, and not just a basketball player, an NBA like an player. An NBA like basketball player. The highest wow. level. It's, it's insane. So. <sighs> I, yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, and yeah, um, yeah no, I, I, I was, yeah, very, very surprised that, you know, that it was like that, you know, that was because it's exactly what I was thinking as well. And you guys can let me know if this is controversial to the MJ people. And for the people, like, I'm not picking a side here because I honestly, to be honest, like, I don't really know who the greatest player of all time is. <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, I think, I think these, the guys, like we said, they definitely have the case. But if, if, like I know Jordan always gets the Jordan gets the I I, I want to call it Mamba mentality, but obviously Jordan was the first one. But the killer instinct that just like insane drive. And you mentioned the aura as well, too. And I think that basketball aura for MJ is like the one thing right now that is I don't want. Obviously, it's not the one thing, but it's 
kind of the main thing that people are hanging on to yeah. for him being the, the number one guy. The six rings and all that stuff too. We're not we're not criticizing Jordan here in any way. But uh, <laughs> if like just watching LeBron play the way he's playing in year what is this year twenty one to one just be playing at this high of a level, but to be caring this much on at this point in his career when he's done all this and to still have the drive like MJ MJ walked away from basketball twice. <laughs> so again, I don't know if that's controversial to the MJ, MJ people, but explain that. I if, love this. If he's the guy, like I'm just saying that and like LeBron is still continued to show this commitment and he doesn't get that label of like, he's never gotten that killer instinct label for some reason that yeah. I do think again, it's keeping him, for these Jordan people, it's like the thing that, oh, yeah, Jordan's got the mentality. Jordan, It's like, well, LeBron's still going. He's in year 21, and he's one of the – he's going to be on All-NBA. One of the 15 best players in the league. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, <laughs> you did mention that uh, – you. I guess, do you support the Warriors a little bit, a little – Little warriors. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. absolutely. Uh, I'm so annoyed this season, but yes, I do support the Warriors. It's a tough season, and honestly, you know, besides the Draymond situation, we may have hit the newest low. At least, maybe the newest low for Curry's career. What's your? I guess I don't know if you've seen the All Star starters. You were planning to talk yeah. about it a little bit, but mm. Curry not being one of the starters, having Doncic. And say Gilgis Alexander above him, and then playing against the Kings and having you know not a great you know turning the ball over, losing against the other NorCal yeah. rivals. It's I mean where where are we at right now with Curry? Like can can you? I, I I've been on the say I've been on the pounding the pulpit saying we got you got to trade Draymond, you got to trade Clay, you got to do something. Uh, it, am I right? Am I wrong? Run it out. What, what's what, where are we at? Oh man, a uh, couple things. One, yeah, there's there's no argument. Uh, Luca and SGA have been the two best guards in the West. Just, yeah. just they've just been better than Steph. Uh, from my perspective, it's not really close. Steph is three, but like those two guys are better. Would the you have problem, Steph over Edwards? I would because I'm a homer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's close. I also, well, this is one of those situations where it's like I trust Steph, like when in doubt i'm gonna go with my guy who's just like done everything you can do on the basketball court okay so my feeling with the warriors is that they are in a weird spot where they are victims of their own past success you know the the dream for this team the only sort of thing that feels satisfying is that they ride it out together in the sunset uh but the only way that feels satisfying is if they're good and the problem is they have not been good and so they can't just do the ride out in the sunset but it feels wrong to uh send clay to another team to send draymond to another team who are you even gonna try to get back into trade so the dream scenario for me is that like they are a competent team that that doesn't bottom out these guys get to sort of ride it out be competitive not they're not really good enough to win a championship but it still feels good and they all retire together you know it, it feels wrong to be like hey clay you gave us four championships as part of this incredible dynasty coming back from what you've come back for but hey we we're trying to eke a little more value for the franchise it it sucks but if i were like a cold-hearted gm who was like winning above everything like yeah i'd look to see what i can get for um for Draymond, I'd look to see what I can get for Clay for sure. I'm not sure what the value is, but I, I don't want to see those guys separated. But mm. the season has been sad. 
where would you have those guys just in general right now? Where's your standing with those guys? Because, I mean, you know, Curry got snubbed from the All-Star starters, but something we might talk about, me and Sam, in a little, a little bit later is the Olympic pool. And Clay and Draymond both got snubbed from the 41-man 40 40 Olympic pool. And, you know, that's, I don't know, if, is that, you know, for them just to not be like almost top 45 players in the league, like, is that accurate? Do can they get back to that in any kind of way? Like, what's the high end? What what is the upside for those guys at this point in their career? That's a great question. I it's hard to think of them as being snubbed when they've just played bad. They just have not been the sort of hmm, heights fair. of who they were before, and they to some extent feels like they're being passed up. Um, I feel more confident talking about Clay. Like his shooting is worse. His defense is worse. He's just has not been a winning player. He's taking worse shots all around. You can see him get more frustrated with his, himself in the games, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it, it's sort of hard to be like, hey, like you're still the player you once were when it's just like, I can just go look at numbers yeah. and see that it's not as good. Draymond's harder because part of Draymond's value has always been maximized uh, uh, by being by Steph and by Clay, the two greatest, you know, the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. You know, that is just like exactly what Draymond skills are for. And so when you lose the sort of potency of that and you don't have the, you know, Draymond's lost a step sort of offensively for sure, just in terms of his quickness, in terms of his decision making, I think that's dropped off a step. I, I think the sort of byproduct of what this season has been in terms of missing games and being suspended and sort of being. A, a loose cannon to some extent has really degraded some of his value. Uh, so I, I don't think they're snubs. I think they were left off because they're just better players and they've been passed by. And it's hard for me to see what it looks like to go back to where you were once that curve starts dipping. Yeah. I think the Warriors definitely have some very tough decisions to make this off season. Um, I mean, I, that one of the reasons I, I, mentioned you know my guess you know a guy here sitting on the couch uh bob myers leaving is you know i think he was ready to make some hard decisions i think he was ready yeah. to kick some guys out and that's not what lakeup wanted i don't think that's what you know the guys upstairs wanted and he's like all right i'm out and i think that's something he mentioned on our broadcast he hinted at it um yeah. and i think you know and that's i guess a question i have for you carter I mean, are you going to bring back Clay Thompson? Are you going to sign him to the max that he expects? I mean, and then no, you see Draymond no, now no. with his suspension, and he's like now kind of got to act all nice. You know, he's not as, you know, tough and gnarly. I mean, it's it's a really tough question to ask to not only be in the tax and be bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't – you pay for – you don't pay for past performance. Uh, so I don't think there's a scenario where you can give Clay the max. I'm not too much a of a salary cap person, but you know I'm aware of the way that that changes and it makes it harder to have a lot of uh, uh, top dollar players. I just don't see how you can give Clay the max. Mm. In theory, you want to glean the value. I just think the in terms of like what do the fans want? I, I think there is a large contingent of fans who are like, I don't want to see Clay in a different jersey, man. You see Clay Thompson in a Lakers jersey, man, that's gonna suck. You see Draymond Green in a whatever a Pistons jersey, that might feel right. But you know, it, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a weird look. So I don't think you give Clay the max, but I don't know. I mean, he, <laughs> you know, depends how much he demands it. That you got to chat about it. I think Bob Myers did the right thing, like you said, just like let me let me get out while yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and we'll see what happens. I'm surprised Steve Clare didn't leave at the same time. 
and, and that's another thing. I mean, his contract's up this summer. Um, I think he said he's no longer coaching USA basketball after this summer. Yeah. So, I mean, this, mm. there's also a high likelihood if Kerr is gone, you know, and then Clay is turning down. I mean, I think in December is reported, you know, they were talking about 48 million for two years, so about 24 million. And he like denied that deal. Like, what? what is he really? Is he looking for 30 million? Like, it's, I don't know. It, it's just a lot of questions and it's a very, you know, like we've seen the run they've had and it makes sense why they would be a, you know, very prideful grouping. Like, yeah. you know, we deserve this, but I don't, it, from the front office, I, I don't envy them because it's, it's going to be weird for a, a lot of stars, getting rid of a lot of stars who have stayed loyal to the team, which is weird yeah. in this NBA era. Yeah. I th- and you know, that two track strategy was, was not, did not succeed. I, I, you know, I was very surprised they won that championship, whatever, two mm. years ago. Mm. It was sort of like a, a, like one of those, like, wow, this feels like a last raw and what a perfect storm for the Warriors. But it never felt sustainable, even as they won that championship, that like this will continue again. You know, uh, you know, uh, Kaminga has been awesome. Wing- Wiggins has not been awesome. You know, getting rid of Poole obviously changes that. Getting rid of, you know, just absolute whiffing on uh, Wiseman. You know, those are things that make it hard to sustain success. But. Is Kaminga? You mentioned Kaminga. I wanted to ask you about him. Is 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 he already just the second best player on the Warriors at oh. this point? I mean, and maybe it's just lately too, because the last five he's been yeah. twenty five a game, been getting to the room sixty five percent from the field, fifty six yeah, percent from three. I turned on the. I was like halfway through the Kings game, and they were like, Kaminga has now scored uh, twelve straight buckets, uh, has not missed <laughs> the last twelve shots. I think he ended with what did he end like thirty last night, something like that. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, is he the second best player? Mm. Is that still Draymond? He doesn't trust him like it. I think it still has to be. Oh man, that's hard. I think so. That said, Kaminga is just bouncier than everyone else the Warriors have, yeah. and you see it as soon as he gets the ball. It's like he's just like a firecracker in a live wire, and it's a step they don't have. You know, he's the guy who's going to go in the post, turn and dunk. He's the guy who's jumping up for the lobs. He's just faster, and you can see it. So he might be, but Steve Kerr has what a weird season it's been i'll say and if they're trying to make a playoff run this year as well too like i know they're 12th in the west right now i think you know maybe they pass if they're trying to still sneak into the playing like do you think that is are the solutions on this roster like you're saying or do they actually have to make the move like because going back to clay he leads the team in fourth quarter minutes right now so i don't know if the move at the end of this is just hey maybe Hmm. in reality is the best like, is, is the best lineup at the end Curry, Kaczynski, Kaminga, Wiggins, if he's playing well, Draymond, you know, Looney and Draymond? Like, can they, is, is the solutions for this season, if they're still trying to get in the playing game, do you think they, they're, they're on this roster? I don't think there are solutions for this season. I don't know how they get solutions for this season. They're 12 right now. You just look at the standing, it's like, who are they going to pass? Like, okay, the top six, they're just not going to pass. Well, yeah. excuse me, the top five, yeah. they're not passing. Top six. Can they pass the Kings? Not based on what I saw last mm-hmm. night. Can they pass the Mavericks or the Lakers? Maybe. I'll, I'll, they could definitely maybe pass the Lakers. It's just hard for me to see where, how they get there. They're three games back. They're four games back from the Jazz in the 10 spot right now. So it's hard for me to see how they get there. Which is sucks because the Warriors and the playoffs are super fun. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's I don't see it. 
Yeah, it's 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 tough, and I, I it's going to be interesting to see if the Warriors can look themselves in the mirror and make those tough choices this off season, um, especially as the wheels are kind of coming off of this bus. I mean, especially if Kerr if Kerr retires this summer. I mean, and you know we've he's mentioned that he's had like health issues. I remember he had like back uh, back surgeries during even the height of the run. Mm, um, true, he so, missed time. Yeah, yeah. missed like I half mean, the he, season. He was out. Yeah, it was, it was yikes. And um, so hopefully he's, you know, he's going to be probably looking to leave. And then um, you already have, uh, you know, Bob Myers is gone. You have the whole, I mean, there was a moment we didn't know when Draymond Green was coming back to play yeah. basketball. Like he, he really was gone. So I, I don't know. I, I guess one uh, retro history um, seeing if they made the wrong choice. Do you think I, I strongly believe they should have. Do you think they should have taken Lamella Ball with that number number two <laughs> put, pick? You know, let let the rewind history because in the moment I did not like the Wiseman pick. I understood oh, man. the reason for it, but you know, and now looking at the Hornets, you know, it's it's a little harder to defend the take that they should have drafted Lamella Ball. You know, it seems like they're a little bit more on Brandon Miller. But I still think Lamella Ball could have figured it out, and I think it's a lot easier to find a center in this league. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I feel I almost feel bad for Wiseman because he just yeah. lost his college season, his college season to mm-hmm. COVID, and it feels like man, you see the vision for what you want. You're like, give me a big who can sort of play next to Draymond, super bouncy rim runner, and just a a a, a shot of athleticism to the system, right? But without that one season, without at least some time to sort of like become a player as opposed to just like i'm a raw high schooler who's learning how to play it just never happened for him so hindsight's 2020 absolutely you know there's clearly better players Lamelo being sort of top of that list but i i'm with you like i see the vision it just it sucks it didn't work and it just there's there's not really redemption and every time you watched wiseman play it was this feeling of just like can you just be better at this thing? Uh, mm-hmm. And that I have one question for you. One hot take mm. is where where would you rank Steve Kerr as a coach? Mm. Currently, is he a good coach? Yeah, currently, like, is he a good coach right now? Are we including assistants? Is Kenny Atkinson on the board? No, 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 no. It's just Steve Kerr. Is he a good coach relative to NBA coaches? Would you rather have Steve I, Kerr or Becky Hammond? I put him top I, five. I, th- I think he's no way he I, I still think he's no a good way oh yeah, man I'm I mean, not no. convinced he's in the top <laughs> 10 this season I, I mean think... look what does he have to work with I mean he has Wiggins who was gone for most of the season last year he has so Draymond who's knocking people out like it's not That's like he has true. the all-stars one of the things I value highly in a coach is like the ability to like I don't care who the players are. We're going to make a system that works for them. And Steve Kerr has not done that and has not demonstrated the ability mm. to do that. Like he came into a Warriors team and and implemented his system that worked great for Steph and Clay and, and Draymond and bringing in Draymond over David Lee, stuff like that. But I don't know if he does something that like, you know, Spolstra, the best coach in the league, where it's just like, I don't care who the players are. I'm going to build a system that like maximizes all these random players, you know. I think I could probably rattle off five coaches who are really good at that. Pick Tyron Lue. I think Mark. Bagnall I was gonna say, can we do? Can we do a quick uh, Steve Kerr? Would you rather? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So I'm I'm not convinced Steve Kerr is a top five coach. I'm, and I don't know if he cracks the top ten given like the lack wow. of flexibility and how he's. I just don't think he's maximized this roster even with the young guys. You know, 
benching Kaminga and Pajemski for Wiggins and Clay when they've just playing bad. Tough look. Well, here, can, can I throw a quick would you rather at both of you guys? Hit me. You can go yes or no. So you said Spolster is already the best coach in the league. So, yeah. Sam, I mean, you're not yeah. taking him, Sam. You're No, I'd I, I take Spo one. I mean, he's top five. I, didn't, I don't think Kerr is the best coach in the league, for sure. That's, okay. Then I don't, you know, I'm not saying this is in any particular order, but would you guys take Pop over Kerr? Uh, yes. I wouldn't know. I oh, Sam, sorry. Absolutely. Uh, having think- Sohan as the point guard and, and putting him that long and like it just looks destructively bad. I it was like twenty you. games. I think it's Popovich is so demonstrating bad. ability to maximize rosters with a wide variety of players. Now, obviously, you can say, "Hey, Tim Duncan uh, is a constant," and I agree with you. But I think Pop has done a lot of stuff from you know pick the Twin Towers to the beautiful game Spurs to integrating Kawhi stuff like that has demonstrated like I can maximize a roster. Uh, with a wide variety of parts. Again, that's what I value really highly in coaches. And I just don't think Steve has done that. Even from like the uh, USA basketball, I think he mm. hasn't mm. done that well. So, I, don't, I mean, it seems like Pop did have some like favorites with USA basketball. Well, we don't have so, to get into Pop. Like Kawhi Leonard and Pop, it doesn't seem like it was all hunky dory. You know, KD sure. didn't have his issues with Curves. It's definitely with Draymond. So, you know, and the Spurs were bad. Like, there's a reason they were in position to get, you right. know. So I, I do <laughs> think, you know, I do think this – I do think the the amount of how much was invested, even if it was just 20 games to Jeremy Sohan and how bad it is that we at home can look at it and be like, hey, oh, yeah. this guy doesn't throw lobs to Wembyanyana and, like, Trey Justin obviously my, started. My it's kind of, of huge. My defense of that is, is I only have one defense. They know that Wemby is awesome, and so they are trying to see what else they mm-hmm. can do. There's mm-hmm. no expectations for this season, and so it's just like, hey, we know if we put one Wemby next to a competent point guard, it's gonna be fine. Well, let's try all the stuff we're not sure about. I think he, I think he left Sohan uh, out there at point guard for too long. I think there he could have moved to other things sooner. But from their standpoint, they're like, hey, let's get another, another like top draft pick. Wemby's awesome and incredible, and whenever we put a team that's semi-capable around him, like this guy's going to be a monster. Uh, so I, I have no problem defending that from a standpoint of like, there's no expectations to succeed this year. Yeah. It was like oh, 23 wow. games. Oh. I, I said rapid fire guys. Yeah. Pause that going through the rest of the West quick, the Rockets, would you take Udoka? Mm, um, that's tough. I think he's a better coach. I don't like his, some of his backstory, but yeah, I take it. Mm-hmm. His coaching? I think, yeah, I think he's awesome. Off he's the court? Ty no, Lu? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think yeah, yeah, I'll take Ty like The top yeah. three coach in the league. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Would you take him over the Thunders coach, Dagna? From what mm. I've seen this season, uh, I think Dagna's been better. I think he's Dagna's been an awesome coach this year. But I, I, mean, I think Dagna has a track record, so it's it's hard for me to like feel exactly. very confident about flexibility. Um, but I think from what I've seen this year, I've been very, very impressed with the themes. 
I, I put Dagnall still in the top 10, but I don't know if I put him over Kerr. Like, Kerr has won a couple I've championships. I've been annoyed by Kerr. Like, that does not involve so off the streets. Like, you know. He's a scrub. I've been like, so frustrated. I've been he so had to keep this team together somewhat, you know. I, I, you know, I, he still, I still have him above Dagnall. But, I, and also, with the OKC, like, you know, their, their talent of their players is really good, so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I, th- I think he's been great. Keep going, Ram. Yeah. I only had uh, one other in the West, Mike Malone. Ooh. Mm. I, I, I love his press conference. Yeah, dude. Give me Mike Malone. Excuse me, Michael Malone. <laughs> Michael Malone? Would yeah, you take him drunk, him though? You're taking, you're taking mm. yeah, that. Yeah, dude, totally, man. That's, that makes every coach better. Drunk Michael Malone over drunk Steve Kerr any day of the week. Uh, oh, 100%. <laughs> I, I would I, I would put him probably at six. He has been rising. I do like how much he's played the young players this year, you know, actually trying to develop a bench. I do yep. like how much he trusted uh, Christian Braun, you know, totally no bias because he went to Kansas University. I'm a little bit of a J-Off fan. Oh. So, you know, it was it was nice to see him play, definitely for sure. And, but, you know, how much Jokic – controls the game and he's kind of in this prime you know it, it kind of is dependent on your players so, it's a cheat code Jokic you know, is a cheat so, code yeah. so i probably put him like right after like i'd have i'd have current then gotcha i already go. said that, that's I, my take. I already said spolster for the east carlisle i think carlisle is a great coach people people i know the pacers have been getting a lot of credit this year but i feel like people have been sleeping on the job in general that carlisle has been doing and yeah, he's been I, awesome he was good for the Mavericks too. And Sam, he, he's he was got also, a ring. He was also one of those people who's just like, give he's him a turn. He's gonna get you pretty good. He's gonna the team's I, gonna be competent. I mean, the key team's yeah. gonna be competent, but it was kind of crazy, like how much the Mavs underperformed as him as a coach. Like it was like ten years without like a serious run. I don't know. Dirk kind of dragged him to that play. Like go watch like how good Dirk <laughs> was in Dirk that playoffs. Awesome. Like it was kind of look stupid. as a Heat fan at the time. I resent this, but you know. And, and uh, <laughs> you watch the <laughs> you watch the Pacers and like they got like zero defense and that was kind of supposed to be like Carlisle's thing a little bit. You know, hard nosed coach mm. kind of defense and like you can't <laughs> figure out what this got to maximize the roster, man. I, I get it, but you know, I, I put him like maybe like top fifteen. I think he's good. You know, in terms of being on any team, I think he's a very adaptable coach. I think, yeah. he, like you mentioned, he does. He is good at you know being in a system and figuring it out. I mean, I wouldn't, but so far, haven't he's been in the league for a while, and like outside the Dirk team, he hasn't had a great team. And yeah, like Kerr got gifted Curry and all that, but he did make good use of him. So I, I still have Kerr above. I know, like so. <laughs> because, well, okay, here I got one more in the, or no, two more guys to throw at you, Nick Nurse. Oh, absolutely. Mm. He, he's, he, he's I love He's eating off of that one ring. Like, how long? How long? He was so good for the that one ring. I don't like. That's true. <laughs> but it was more the right? teams he played uh, with the team he had, and how well prepared that Raptors team was. Absolutely. The way he handled the Pascal Siakam situation was kind of, mm. kind of a little. They bit, played little, Tampa little Bay for a year. What do you want from him? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little discouraging. I don't know. I, I mean, I still think he's a good coach. I, I yeah. think it is. It is. It turns in X's and O's. It is really close. But I think in terms of handling stars, which is the main reason why I have Kerr above him. Also, mm-hmm. Kerr has kind yeah. of been like a winner his whole career. You know, even with the Suns when he was like, I think GM or something. He was working in the front office. You know, he helped him have competitive teams. He's kind of been a winner his whole career. I mean, I think he's at double digit rings. Maybe. He's close. He's somewhere there. Um, I think he's at. Yeah. 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 So. 
you know, and Nick Nurse, he's, it seemed like it kind of blew up all in his face. So I don't know. I I put a <laughs> he's top. He's still he's a good coach and a coffee coach, but I wouldn't put a Booker. And what I meant to say about Carlisle was I actually kind of like the fact that the defense sucks this year. Like Sam said, he's a defensive guy and the team has the exactly. best offense in the league. <laughs> I like, you said he was adaptable. I mean, I like the fact that he's totally switched and pivoted up. I give him, uh, yeah. give him respect for it. Like you said, maybe at some point figure out the defense, but um, the last, the last guy not active, but Mark Jackson is Mark Jackson, no, a better no. coach than Steve Kerr. No, 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 no. What are we doing? Oh, okay. What are we doing? <laughs> we can't do that, man. Easy, though, man. You don't give Mark Mark Jackson credit for the dynasty, is what you're saying. No. Kerr is a better broadcaster, too. <laughs> oh, he gets him on both fronts. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Kerr didn't need Van Gundy, is what Sam said. Hard carry. Hard carry. But it will be, I, I think it will always be interesting to go back you know, when Kerr retires and to look at like how tough it must have been dealing with all those personalities at the same time when you have KD and, you know, we've seen him jump from team to team to team when you have Draymond. I mean, we've seen the violence from him and, you know, Curry, who, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, we know him as a good leader, great leader, but, you know, there's, there's been some question marks as of late as how much control he's had over the locker room. And even Clay's gotten a little prickly. So, I, you know, shout out to Kerr, you know, and yeah, I mean, he had to deal with MJ. I think, you know, he maybe learned some lessons from that. And uh, yeah. I, I'm a big Kerr guy. I like, I like Kerr. I, you know, I don't, it, it would be, I wouldn't put him number one in the league. I, I think what Spo did last season just cements him. I mean, that was, that's just stupid. <laughs> you take Gabe Vincent and and uh, he's never won coach of the year. Exactly, he's never won coach of the year. That's crazy. Oh, he's like crazy. Tomlin. Yeah, exactly. He's no. Everyone knows he's a great coach, best coach in the league, but he never overperforms. So, oh, maybe, maybe it's good after Monty. After we've seen what happened to Monty Williams, fair when it comes to the. I don't. I don't know about that. Um. All right. Are we ready to move to soccer corner real quick? Um, I know what you you're you're main fan of Barcelona. Um, speaking yeah. to you, also know you're a big Messi guy. Uh, but I guess Lionel talk Messi. About, yeah, he's a clean I, I guy, guess, but Lionel Messi. <laughs> Lionel Messi. But uh, I guess looking at your team recently, the emergence of Lamine Yamal, the teenager, you know, just had a great goal in the last game, even though you guys got knocked out of the Copa del Rey. But you know. Is there is he is there any generational qualities with him? Like, are you starting to believe that you have maybe you know not not another go? I'm not saying another Messi, but uh, someone who could be whoa. potentially the best player in the world at some point with what he's doing at such a young age. What's this guy's name? Lamine uh, Lamal. He's he's great, and uh, Coach Shavi uh, trust him. I think he's played or, or appeared in like every game this season, or some some crazy stat. He's great. He's not – I would not describe him as transformative, except mm. in the fact that he is young. He's a very good striker, uh, and when you confound that with his age, it is incredible. But he doesn't feel like a world-breaking player to me. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you think of Mbappe when he was coming up, it was like, this guy breaks the game. Messi, when he was coming up, same thing. I don't feel the same from, from, uh, from our striker presently, as good as he is. Barcelona's in a weird spot. 
uh, obviously we had like a dynasty and things have been rocky right now, but we've got a, a slew of young players that I have a lot of trust in. Uh, you mean Lamal obviously is one. I would say Pedri and Gavi are both like long-term anchors for the Barcelona midfield who are awesome. Uh, there's a couple other young guys. I think we just started a a fresh, I'm going to say like 18-year-old center back the last game. Uh, so there are the inklings of good things uh, coming from the youth at Barcelona, but it does not feel as fabled as the Barcelona youth system once did. Are are you willing to are you open to buying a piece of grass from the old stadium? Are, are you going to support your club financially? I don't know. They might they might need some need some help. I, I, I got I have me an Iniesta jersey in my closet. If I ever go back, I'll grab me a Pedri jersey. Uh, you know, but you know, I'm not buying a piece of the grass. I'm not doing none of that. <laughs> Barcelona has already you know it's already in enough financial trouble. I don't think any dollars from me can really get them out of that hole. And, uh, you know, being about, you know, seven points back from Real Madrid in third place. But it is kind of interesting. This year has been kind of a, a, a upheaval and for both Bundesliga and uh, La Liga. And uh, I don't know if you've watched too much of Girona. I haven't too much. But them, you know, taking the league by storm, you know, and we see Bayer Leverkusen the same way, like, is there, is it, I guess, showing, you know, a little bit of how teams are in the middle of their stages, like Real Madrid still has all these superstars, you know, shout out to Jude Bellingham, but, you know, being in the middle of eras, I mean, are we seeing that, I guess, with, I guess, your team, but also Real Madrid and uh, Bayern as well? Um, no. Uh, soccer, you know this very well. Soccer does not have, the teams at the top tend to stay at the top because of money. So, like, there's mm. there's basically no era uh, in the foreseeable future in which Real Madrid and Barcelona are not, like, top four every single year. Girona is awesome, and they play a really interesting style tactically. Um, uh, if you're looking for, like, soccer content on YouTube, Tifo is really good. That's yes. where he's got a lot of tactics as well. They're very, very good. Um, every time I watch them play, which is not too frequently, I, I very much watch Barcelona um, – I'm impressed of this. Like this team is awesome and very good and better than the team I support. So uh, same with, I'd say the same about Bayern. I don't pay attention to Bundesliga as much. I think Xavi Alonso is coaching that Leverkusen team. Yeah. Also, I think he's on the uh, top list to get that uh, Liverpool job. At the yeah. Yeah. That's something else to bring up. He is also very interesting, but you know, the teams at the top is just like, you know, when you're a kid playing soccer, you're going to grow up thinking like, how do I play for Real Madrid? How do I play for Barcelona? How do I play for Bayern? How do I play for Liverpool? How do I, you know, the top teams get the top talent because they have more money and more fame. And that's, it's, it's really hard to dispossess that sort of central tenet of the way European soccer is set up at the moment. Can we go back to Lamine real quick? Yeah. So like you're, so I just reading on him a little bit. He's 16. And so, I mean, just like if this was an NBA guy and he was if there if there was a world where you could get a 16 year old in the NBA, but he wasn't necessarily you know transformative. It was like okay, he's gonna he's gonna be on the team. He's gonna play like eight minutes a game. It'd be weird because like, on one hand he's 16, you know he's yeah. a sophomore in college. Like I'm reading on here where it says like he couldn't be at one of the award ceremony because he was in school. 
you know, he's yeah. a 16 year old kid. So that's like on one maybe, hand, the fact that he's doing it on that level is impressive. So what is keeping him from being a generational talent? I appreciate that perspective because I think my feeling, I think I was too jaded because I think the feeling is that it feels very normal. He plays striker and you're like, yeah, that's a normal, above average striker. Uh, but he doesn't feel like another worldly striker. But then when you top it with the like, yeah, he's 16, it's like, oh, then he is a world-class striker because what is he going to look like seven years from now? The realm that's good perspective, one I should probably keep in mind more because he's just a he's just a really good striker. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to get like, you know, 10 times better in the next seven years. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe he is more than I perceive him to be just from watching the games. I'm probably also jaded by the Barcelona team. Does not feel very good at the moment. And so what does it mean to be really, really good on a team that doesn't mm. feel as good as it once was. But that does make sense though, because like, so now that, now that I think about it too, like if, so if that player was in the NBA, but it like say, oh, okay, he's good. At, he's really good at like shooting and you're going to see that he's going to be a good defender, but you're like, okay, maybe the handle's not going to be there. Like you're like, okay, he's good at, he's yeah. really good at what he does, but is he just going to continue to develop as a role? Like I do kind of get what you're saying there with, where it's like, okay, he could, could, he could definitely continue to maximize the skill set. Is he going to develop all the skills? Is that kind of like where it's at yeah, with him at like, this point? To put it in like that, just like, does he max as like, um, uh, does he max out as like the secondary guard or the best six man in the league? Or does he max out as like, yeah, he's a one B. Like he's, he's Kyrie Irving on the Cavs, you know? Where do I think he can max out is that question that feels uncertain. Because I think there's a chance where it's like, I think he might just max out as like, he's a great guard, but he can't lead a team uh, sort of in that sort of parallel for soccer. 20, I think like 20 be, plus points a game, good stats. Yeah, but like, he's yeah. never going to be a 28 point per game or 30 point per game. He's not going to be SGA. He's going to be SGA on the Clippers, right? So you see Zach Levine in him? No, because he's better than that. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> okay. I think he is a winning player, to be very clear. Donovan Mitchell? Think... Ooh, that's a good cop. Ooh. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, this is a... I feel like Yamin Lamal can be one of the best players on a very, very good team. I do not think he can be the best player. I don't think he should or can be the best player on your championship league winning team. I think he needs to be like your second or third or fourth best player. But again, he's 16. So if you tell me in seven years, he's like, yeah, he's the best player. He's leading the yeah. lines. He's scoring, you know, double digit goals every season. I'm not going to be shocked because you're right. It's like seven years from now and I'll be old and, you know, mm. my prime. But I, so yeah. I don't know what's like, el el you know, eligible for awards, but so you're saying like, you don't necessarily see like a Ballon d'Or for him at some point. Or in that contention? No, I, uh, man, it's it's so hard to project those far out. I don't. Uh, I mean, but to be fair, as far as I'm aware, Messi might be still winning Ballon d'Ors, you know. Oh, <laughs> okay, gosh. so he can't be Messi. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't know. It, I'm not good at projecting that far out. Uh, I'd still put. Uh, how old is Jude Bellingham right now? How old is Mbappe right <laughs> He's now? He's 20. Yeah. Yeah, those guys. I would certainly like. How old is Holland right now? Those are the guys yeah. I would. Holland. Like, Ballon d'Or for the next mm -hmm. however many years. Yeah, I think I mean the thing that pops off the page for me with Yamal is that he's huge. I mean for free, or not free, for soccer, you know, high <laughs> corner. I mean, yeah, I know five eleven, uh, one fifty nine. I mean he's pretty tall, big for you know a soccer player, and 
the I mean, you see the goal that he scored last, you know, last game. You know, people already comparing Messi. It's like, all right, chill out. But you know, it is Antti Fadi too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a lot, but but you know, Fadi had those injuries. I mean, and if not, you know, who knows? Uh, Let's see how he develops on Brighton. I I really he's playing well. He's yeah. yeah. Everything I've seen in Brighton, I've been like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, hopefully he's still able to reach his peaks, but. It is interesting to see. I mean, I think we saw a similar path with this with Vinicius on on Real Madrid, where yeah. he's thrust into the limelight super super early, and he struggles and then slowly improves, and is now at a point where you know, again, is he the main? You know, is he the best player on the team? I mean, you could argue Bellingham is. You know, he might carry on more of the load, but he definitely is. You know top two top three contributor on that team can be the best player for a game um and you know but yeah. similar to um but that i think fatih is a great you know if the um, mall gets to, talent, yeah, he can't if, be injured if, if you mean the mall gets up to vinicius jr i will be ecstatic yeah you know, but I, I, I think it's that. possible um but i would be ecstatic about that so so as a fan you know like we already mentioned um uh, being a bit back in la liga um, probably not, you know, low chance of winning Champions League, and then uh, being knocked out of the Copa del Rey, losing the Super Cup. What, what are we watching for this season? I mean, just development for the team. You know, is there any transfers that could be on the horizon? Like, I know there's always debt questions. I guess what, what, what are you looking for with with this team this season? This is a good question. This is the worst Barcelona team I've ever... Well, that's not true. This stretch of Barcelona <laughs> has been the worst Barcelona I've ever watched. But I became a Barcelona fan in like the heyday of uh, Iniesta and Ronaldinho and Messi. And so I have had a lot of good years of Barcelona fandom. Mm. In the past uh, five years have been not good years of fandom. So what I'm looking for is just continue on the upswing. I think Xavi took the job and has done a good job. And the team feels cohesive this season. In the sense of like we have world class players at every position, uh, can they perform well enough to succeed? The problem is lots of teams have world class players at every position, and it does not feel like we're cohesive enough to compete. This was true last season too, where we were really good at the league. I think we came in second in the league, but as soon as we played Champions League game, it was like oh we're a step below. I think that's still true this season, although I would love that step to get smaller. Um, I'm not sure what that looks like. Barcelona's in a weird financial position too, where like getting players is hard and like we've sold our future for a bunch of stuff. And there's a lot of like scandal involved with that that I don't know about. So it's kind of a weird situation. So all I'm kind of looking for is uh, continued good soccer. That seems fun. It seems like it's cohesive. It seems like Xavi has a strategy on how to use these player well, stuff like that. So... And um, yeah, no, I did definitely, I, I definitely love watching uh, a little bit of Barcelona. I guess there was a stretch, you know, where it seemed like, you know, they just brought on a lot of older players. It was kind of like, you know, what is going on here? I don't, and then, you know, not being able to pay Messi half of his wages. Uh, that was a crazy storyline. Um, but we did have huge news. I guess we might as well just do soccer corner right now. Um, something that you alluded to. We did have huge news coming out this week about Liverpool losing their head coach, uh, Jurgen Klopp, the German head coach over there, and him with um, Pep Guardiola have been pretty much 
the 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 stanchions, you know, the idea of a great soccer coach, uh, maybe in all football, honestly. I mean, considering how long they were at their teams, but this surprise, you know, of him leaving, he had a contract that was supposed to go until 26, and the surprise announcement. Um, I mean, you know, I know you guys, we've had some battles. I've had personally a lot of battles with Chelsea. Um, you know, of course, in Champion League, there's battles too. Uh, but, you know, Carter, where would you put Klopp, you know, in terms of looking at the coaches right now, you know, with him retiring, where where is he right now going to be ending up in your rankings, um, ending his career this season? Uh, I think he's confidently been the second best coach in La Liga since he's been there. Uh, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty agreed upon that Pep Guardiola is the best co- coach in the world, at least in the men's game. Um I think Jurgen Klopp is is right there under him with the way that he has made Liverpool into a constant force that would win basically everything if not for the existence of Man City. I think his legacy is is making a Liverpool team great and, and like all caps great, like one of the best teams you'll ever watch. I would describe them as one of the funnest teams to have watched in his tenure. I think they're funner to watch than uh, Man City. I think his. Uh, legacy stemming from back at Dortmund was comparable in the sense of like this guy is awesome maximizes his player plays a fun brand of soccer and knows how to get the most out of his players uh Liverpool will be worse off for losing him uh because he is an awesome coach who has done a lot and when he retires he retires as one of the best coaches one of the best men's coaches of his generation I'm not a historical expert on coaches, but I, I think that is unassailable with with the job he's done at Liverpool. His um the downturns in terms of the seasons that have been not good have almost all been a result of injury and poorly timed missing players or burnout from playing you know previous seasons. Jurgen Klopp is one of those coaches where it's like if you want to be a coach, man, watch what he does because he's doing it right. And probably one of the biggest highlights of his career, you know, sadly had to come up against Barcelona. And I don't I don't know if you remember this game, but oh. 2019 Stop. Champions oh, League semifinal. And uh, I don't know if we've explained it on the pod, but I guess with semifinals, there's two legs, um, home and away, and, you know, they, they go off into aggregate score. And so Barcelona, I think it was, uh, at, oh, or it might have been actually in Anfield, um, or no, it was at home at Camp Nou. Uh, they go up 3-0. You know, mind you, this is with uh, pretty much the prime team. I mean, you still had Suarez, still had Messi, you know, Biscotso playing. Um, right, not let stop. Let me stop you right. Let me stop right here. Okay, let me talk. Let me talk about this season. Let me talk about this this leg. The first leg against Liverpool was the one of the single best games I've ever seen played by a human being. Messi's game in that was outrageous. He controlled hmm. the game. Made everything happen. He scored two in a three in a three zero win, and also set up a like set up uh, us for one more goal at the death that we missed. And even as I watched that game, because that season Barcelona felt very shaky. Like, hey, I think la- the season before we lost to Roma in the semifinals in very similar like comeback circumstances, and so the feeling was like, man, we are up three zero against an incredible Liverpool team. I'm worried. So even going into the start of that second leg, there was fear in the Barcelona fans. And I think, oh man, let me look. I think Liverpool scored very quickly 
in the second leg. Yeah, he scored in the seventh yeah. minute in the second game. And mm. even was like, I am so worried. I watched the whole game just like so annoyed. And then when um Origi scores the fourth goal on that yeah. corner kick, yeah. I am livid. I hate that game more than just about any soccer game. It makes me furious. <laughs> That's yeah, no, I can't. It was just I mean Shout they come back. And every once in a while, you know, it's just and it's the way that that fourth goal was scored. I think that has to be my favorite Alexander Arnold moment. Killing and you know, he, he's gonna have so me. many more highlights um throughout his career at 23 years old already, you know, pretty much completed football wide won every trophy. But once in a while, I just gotta go back and watch it. It is just it's tough. It's tough, but um, but yeah, only I, I could I, delete it from the internet. <laughs> I know it's it's <laughs> tough, but uh, uh, but it has been interesting uh, for Klopp to kind of keep the same players, you know, throughout his whole time there in Van Dyke, in Mo Salah, in Mane, and he does pick an interesting time to leave. Um, with Salah being in his own contract negotiations, and there is kind of like at least. And that even if they do lose solid to Saudi Arabia or something like that, this team won't be that badly off. But that combined with Klopp leaving, I mean, could you see uh, Liverpool going through a Chelsea-like rebuild? No, because I think the Liverpool board has been smarter than the Chelsea board. Uh, I think that's easily true over the past couple of years. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have had a lot of thoughts about what this team looks like. Um like I said, I, you know, Xabi, um, Xabi Alonso has done a great job where he's at Leverkusen, leading, uh, league-leading Leverkusen. It wouldn't surprise me if they tap him. At the highest levels of soccer, the manager has so much impact on winning. You know, you obviously see that with Pep Guardiola, that, like, Liverpool almost certainly will not be as good um, next season whoever they choose in part because it's just like, Hey, we want to pick someone, give them time to sort of make the things that they want to be, get the players in that they want to play a system that they want. Um, it's very, there are very few coaches who can do the sort of things I care about in basketball, that sort of adaptability to players. Most of the top level coaches on soccer or a good number of them come in with a system and then get players to fit the system. So I think that will be true. That was true for Klopp for sure. Like you said, he kept a lot of his players for a long period of time. In part because once you know the system, like you're good at it. Mo Salah is good at playing under Jurgen Klopp. Sadio Mane, when he was there, is good at playing under Klopp. The Liverpool team came together when they got Van Dyke. Um, you know, those type of moves. So whoever they bring in, I think they have a plan for it. Like I said, I think Xavi Alonso is a good pick. I'm not sure if he would go, anything like that. But yeah, I have confidence Liverpool will be at the top of the table. Certainly Champions League spots after Klopp leaves. It's always a matter of like, you know, how do you replace a legend? You know? Yeah. No, I mean, Pep Guardiola himself said, you know, got a whole lot easier now that he is planning to leave. So um, it is tough. But yeah, well, I've definitely loved Jurgen. He's given Chelsea a lot of losses. You know, we always play him close. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I do really respect him also for saying, you know, that he's not going to coach another team against Liverpool. I mean, it seemed like he really had a close connection with the town. I mean, I think he yeah. mentioned receiving the, the keys to the city. You know, he's just really, really part of the town, especially for being someone who's not from England. Um, yeah. You know, just really respect him for that. But I, I um, think that's, uh, that statement makes me think German National League. 
Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I Byron might have a new another opening job if they don't want I, to I'd be shocked if he ever went to Byron, given his background at uh at Dortmund. We'll see. But we'll he'd be the only one. Lewandowski went there, go to all yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be interesting. Uh but I'll oh we'll uh bring Rem back in the conversation here. So you definitely we can keep talking about Jurgen Klopp. You got Jurgen Klopp over Bob Paisley. I mean, we can talk about it. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp is a better coach than Seeker. It's easy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, but you've had you probably have one of the most interesting jobs that I have met from anyone. Anyone? Uh, I, I just couldn't get enough about your job, and so um, I guess I'll, I'll give a little intro. You know, you do a little bit of sound engineer for. A driverless car but you know we don't you can give whatever details you yeah. want on that but i guess i just wanted to learn more about and you want our audience to learn more because we don't talk much about technology mm-hmm. just you know where are we at with driverless cars you know what if you could put you know and i you know if you don't want to, i totally understand if you could put like a time date on when you know you think like driverless cars will just be like common every day mm-hmm. like people usually give some random year what <laughs> year would you give yeah, let me give you a, a little bit about my, my background. Yeah, first. please. Yeah, I've been, uh, I work for a self-driving car company out in uh, out in San Francisco these days. I've been there about two years. Uh, and, and so I, I do my background in audio technology. So I deal with some of the audio sensors on the vehicle, microphones. we got ultrasonic sensors, stuff like that. So I've been there two years. By no means am an, 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 an audio me- uh, automotive expert, but I've seen mm. sort of being in the company and sort of the things we're doing, things we're doing well, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so so to your question, when do I think self-driving cars will be ubiquitous? That is a tough question because there are places where they almost are. Uh, Waymo is doing a lot of driving in Phoenix, Phoenix at the moment. Uh, uh, the place I work for Cruise was doing stuff in SF is, is not doing any at the moment. So self-driving cars, there's the strategy that Cruise is generally employing is we wanna we want to do like robo taxi stuff. We want to be the Uber and Lyft, but with robo drivers. And so when you talk about like, when are those ubiquitous? Uh, in big cities, I'm going to say sooner than you think. In big cities, I'm going to say it mm. is with, uh, within, you know, before 2030 feels like an easy prediction for me. When I say big cities, think San Francisco, think LA, think New York, think Miami, stuff like that. When it becomes ubiquitous in the sense of like, they're blanketing the country, uh, it's is it weird to say never? You know, uh, it, it, part of that sort of robo taxi model means that you're always going to be dependent on usage rates uh, and sort of like utilization rates is the sort of phrase that gets used. And so, like, hey, if you're in, uh, uh, if if you're with Ram in Iowa or wherever you're at, you know, it's hard to get those usage rates up so you can sort of maintain a fleet and make money all the time. So, you know, we were well on our way to sort of have lots of fleets and lots of cars all over the place. And so that still feels very immediate. And the, the thing I will say is that it's coming. Like, I, I've been in the, those cars. I took my my father on a ride and he was blown away. Uh, mm-hmm. When I took people on rides, it was always this feeling about, yeah, they're going to happen. Like, pe- the cars can, like, robots can do this thing. Uh, it's It's a hard challenge, but it can be done. And we've sort of done a lot to sort of make those things exist. Which is cool. It's cool to be at a company that has done that. I want to know a little bit more about your background because, yeah. like you said, you've only been with this particular company for two years. But 
are you like a car guy? Is the self-driving car thing the thing you were trying to get into? Because like you said, you're also a sound guy. So was it just, yep. you know, opportunity? This is the company. This is the job. Or was this this actual field the type of thing that you're trying to pursue yeah. and interested in? Oh, this is a great question. Uh, I'm just going to answer this and pretend that no one I work with is is uh, listening. Uh, so I'm not a car guy. Never have been. Ne never really cared for cars. Uh, so like I said, my background is in what's called acoustic engineering. So I went to grad school. Basically, it's like, hey, I do mechanical engineering, but I care about like sound waves and vibrations and stuff. So lots of my colleagues will do stuff in consumer electronics. You know, think headphones, think microphones, think speakers. A number of my colleagues will do like architectural acoustics. You know, some of that is like designing concert halls or doing type of audio consulting. Mm. I always sort of gravitated towards the more mechanical side, which is my background. So I did some work uh, with regards to like um, um, non-destructive testing applications. After grad school, I got a job down in Florida uh, and was doing some underwater acoustics, like sonar type applications. And oh. a very real thing was like, just need a job, trying to get a job in acoustics, what works? And this was it. That job was really fun. Uh, a lot of stuff I certainly can't talk about without getting in actual trouble. Um, but I was doing underwater stuff as a defense contractor. You know, you can put at least a few pieces together, not anything uh, more secret than that. Um, and then, you know, I was down in Florida, uh, was kind of ready to go to a different spot. And, you know, the company I work for now called Cruise Self-Driving Cars, they reached out to me and they mm. said, hey, like, we need a we need a systems engineer who can talk about acoustics with all the acoustic people. You went to Penn State, which is like a well-known big school for acoustics. Uh, you want to work for you want to work in California for this company? And I was like, eh, no, I don't want to move to California. Eh, but no harm in an interview. Maybe I can like see what it's about. Maybe I can get a remote position, et cetera, et cetera. Talked through the, through the uh, interviews, really good fit. The people are great. The job seemed really interesting to me. You know, self-driving cars as a field seemed very interesting and, you know, cutting edge. Uh, and so I took the job, moved out here. Um, but from a very real sense, like, no, this isn't like the dream industry, the dream job, anything like that. You know, I'm, I would describe myself as a pragmatist when it comes to work. I, I, I work to get paid. <laughs> mm. I want to do really awesome work. I want to like... Uh, produce really good content in the in the in the course of my work i want to be exceptional engineer but from yeah. a real, real sense like I, I go to work so i can get paid and then come home and do other things so what is your relationship then with self-driving cars in general is that you know before you started working there was that something that you know again were you interested in the idea of that as just you know something that you would eventually be doing like is yeah. self-driving cars a thing that you were interested in as you know a but just a long-term option at some point? Yeah, man, I, I hate to give you bad answers, Rem. Not really, no. <laughs> no, I... Just, just wasn't on my radar as like... I think it's thing. interesting. It's one of those things that's like theoretical in the sense of like, yeah, eventually like that that's a thing that's going to exist. And then to be dropped into it and be like, oh, not only is it a thing that's going to exist, it like does, and now we just need to make mm. it better, was really interesting uh, and sort of surprising. So I, I've never been a like, super heavy technology guy except from afar and only in scratches and now that i'm out here it's like yeah i know this thing uh pretty well and even in the context of my job I i'm on the hardware side of things the bulk of like the magic of what we do is on the software side and mm. you know pick your buzzwords machine learning ai you know deep neural nets etc cetera, etc cetera. those are all just like magic to me but that's where the secret sauce is that I don't know how it works. <laughs> those are the things that still feel very magical is when like people talk about like those type of things at work. 
yeah, that stuff is awesome. I just deal with like microphones. So that's, you know, it's fun and interesting, but it's not, you know, magical. No, I think those are, I think those are perfect answers because what I wanted to know was like, now that you're in the company and have been there, is your relationship well with self-driving cars and that technology, like how has that evolved? Because like you're saying, it's not just that it's, it's not that it's just a being yeah. implemented. It's that it, it's already real. So like, are you already living the reality of like, yeah, self-driving cars is just a thing. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a great question. I am, it is a weird spot to be in because I, all of my news comes filtered through the company that I work for. Oh, not all of it. Almost all of my news and opinions comes filtered through the fact that I work at a company. And so when I think, see things about crews in the news, it's like, Oh, that's consistent with what I've heard. And that's not consistent with what I know about what the company is. Mm. Uh, to give you just a brief sort of, uh, start, spot of where we're at. Cruise has sort of shut down a lot of their operations due to news stories. People can find them if they want. And so it's weird to sort of see and filter, like, how do I think about self-driving cars in the context of where we as a company are at? The feeling is basically unchanged in the fact of, like, self-driving cars are a thing that exists, and they will become more and more present everywhere um, in a way that is very real. But presently, it's sort of like a weird, like, I'm sort of observing the company from the inside and sort mm -hmm. of having my feelings about that without while also being aware of like the broader context. The biggest thing that has happened since I've been here is like, I have many opinions about other, other companies who are doing self-driving cars. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, what Tesla's doing is very different from what the company I work for Cruise is doing. It's very different from what Waymo's doing and their strategies are different. And I have, you know, that's the feeling is you know, being on it and having seen a lot from the inside of at least where I work. Can you, are you able to talk about those strategies a little bit? Cause one of the things that I was looking at with, you know, what you guys were doing there and the thing that hadn't really occurred yeah. to me with it is was the taxi thing. Cause you think self-driving yeah. car is going to be, I own a car. It drives me yeah. somewhere more yeah. so than yep. yeah, the, 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 the car is, yeah, it's taxing around. You don't necessarily have it staffed. Like, is, yeah. is that what we're talking about when we're talking about strategies? Yeah, there's certainly, um, I, I will describe our approach, sort of Cruz's general, all sort of high level thought process on its approach. I would say Waymo's approach falls in a similar bucket. The The general sentiment was like, hey, what we want to do is we want to build out a robo fleet and then deploy them so that people can use it. But we own the cars and therefore we get all the profit. You know, uh, if you think about it relative to like an Uber and, and uh, a Lyft, if we take the human driver out, there's less cost for a, a different person. Cruise gets all the money. We make an endless amount of money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, we own all the cars and then we sort of, you know, distribute them where they can be utilized maximally. And so the strategy, therefore, has been like, well, we can start in a small spot, sort of train, learn, get really good, and then slowly expand because the expansion process will be relatively easy compared to once you know how it works. Uh, so Waymo's done that in Phoenix and in San Francisco, and I think they're deploying in L LA. I don't know. We were doing that in San Francisco. Same type of thing. Pick a small area, figure it out. Going to a different city and scaling will be relatively easy, you know, compared to the hard problem of making a car drive itself. Uh, if you contrast that with Tesla's approach, uh, sorry, one more thing on Cruise and Waymo. The mm -hmm. general weight of the general framework of what that's described is what's called level four driving. These levels are kind of weird, but the general sentiment is like. You don't need a human to do any of the driving. They they basically can't do any of the driving. The, the The car can drive itself. What that means is that you have really high levels of reliability because you have no one, you know, there's no one to take over if you don't know exactly what you're doing. 
uh, and it means you need to be able to like know when you can't drive. So if, if our car like has uncertainty about what to do, it needs to be able to pull over or stop or whatever. Mm. So that's that's what we've been doing generally. Te- what Tesla's been doing is a little different. They they've started from like a, what I'm going to describe as an L2 system, which starts as like we're going to assist a driver and try to take on more and more of what the driving her needs to do. So they have a whole bunch of fleets and a whole bunch of cars owned by other people, and those other people are driving it and and driving it in this autonomous mode or full self-driving mode, whatever it's called. Um, and then basically, like in theory, what Tesla in theory wants to do is like more and more of the driving just gets gets uh gets put onto the system, and less and less of the driver gets put on the actual human. One of the one of the tricky things, one of the things that's challenging in comparing those at the moment is that in a Tesla car, that sort of reliability concerns and those like fail operational concerns, you don't have to think about as much because you can rely on the human to be right there if something goes wrong. Part of that is also related to liability stuff that's above my pay grade. I can only talk about so much of this stuff. So yeah. it's a different approach. It's always a question about like, which is better, figure it out and then scale or like be scaled and then try to figure it out all together i mean neither neither approach has quote unquote one um but it'd be interesting to see you know i have more trust in the company i work for uh but and that's i think that is interesting to see the differences and philosophies uh because we have seen like videos and clips of like uh people having their teslas drive them and you know they're yeah. sleeping in the car even though you shouldn't do that, <laughs> and, do that. that is yeah not- having system and then you know them having issues with their cars you know nearly mm-hmm. 200,000 um cars being called back because of the glitch and that having to be you know that bad yeah. press you know, I, 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 it's, I don't recall know. doesn't mean anything in in these spaces. Yeah. It's, it's like a software update, but recall is what NHTSA uses. So just for some of the language, like when they say like we recalled thousands and thousands of vehicles, it's like, yeah, they yeah. updated the software. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But about it, Tesla. That's true about some of the crew stuff. That's true about Waymo stuff, too. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, it being all over the news and then, you yeah. know, but if you own the cars and, you know, I, I'm assuming it's probably easier to fix them to have those updates than being like having to tell the public, hey, bring, you know, either have this updates happening or something like that. So it, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I could see the, uh, the interesting, interesting. One of the, the one of the coolest things about being inside of Cruise is that a lot of the conversations we have about our cars and about scaling is about all of the things that are associated with not driving. You know, if you think about an Uber driver, uh, to give you an, a very small example, mm-hmm. if you if you think about an Uber driver and a passenger gets out of the car and they happen to leave the door open, what do you do? Well, the driver gets out and then closes the door. Well, what happens if you don't have a driver and the door is open? Like, well, how do you, that's one of those like trivial, it's like, well, it's not a driving problem, but it's like, we need to figure out how to solve this thing. You know, those type of like, not like human factor type stuff are really interesting of like, how do we solve this without a driver who is also like, that's the person who cleans the car. That's the person who makes sure like the windshield wiper is working. That's the person who makes sure every et cetera, et cetera, that it's not too cold or too hot or that the music is right. Those type of things you also have to solve when you're trying to build out a, a taxi service, you know. Do you... And certainly maintenance is a big one as well. We can send them back to our garages and make sure everything's working. Do you own a car? Do I own a car? I do own a car. I've driven it across the country. Mm, cause, but. You've lived in a couple of big cities. Well, I mean, you said you lived in Florida. I guess I didn't. 
<laughs> I don't, you didn't specify. So I don't know, you know, if you were living in a, yeah, uh, a big city over there. No, but... I was, uh, uh, no, I have been uh, this. I live in Oakland now. Oakland is the only place I've lived where I actually could get away with not having a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I truthfully love that. I love public transportation. I, I would talk your ear off. But every other place I've lived has been very car dependent. I, I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. You know, you can't go anywhere without a car. Went to school in Tulsa, same thing. Uh, Penn State has a very like robust like public transportation system on the campus. It is the definition of a college town. And so all roads lead to downtown of the campus. Mm. And then I was when I was in Florida, I had a 45-minute driving commute out the, outside the city. So, no, I have always had a car. Uh, and I have a car presently, although there's a chance I get rid of that relatively soon. Because, you know, that's part of being, like we're saying, in the Midwest is if the Gotta self-driving cars are going to do the taxi thing, like it is a different market, like you're saying, because the Midwestern people, like the car own, like. Like you're saying, in Oakland, you can just get away with not owning a car. And the yeah. taxi thing just makes more sense and the rideshare thing. But like if you're doing if you're doing rideshare, do you mind do you like do you do would you mm-hmm. mind paying a person to do rideshare? Like is is there I mean, like is there a is there a big benefit to self-driving cars in the taxi space besides not paying a person? Yeah. So the the metric that is used broadly about just like if you're talking about the transportation industry, a metric that is often used is like, what's the dollars per mile? That is like the metric that is used. And so when you talk about personal car ownership, they they can sort of break that down as like, okay, like how much did you pay for the car? How much do you pay for gas? How much do you pay for maintenance? How much do you get when you sell a car? Okay, how, how much are you driving the car? What's the cost per mile? Uh, and the general thought when it comes to a robo-taxi uh, is that like, hey, we can drive down that cost per mile number, you know, I- instead of being, I'm, I'm going to make up numbers here, totally. Instead of being $5 per mile, mm-hmm. if we can get it below $2 per mile or $1 per mile, you basically slowly increase the number of people who see it as a utility. So maybe if you get to whatever, making up numbers again, if you get to $5 per mile, maybe it makes more sense to use a self-driving car than a human-driven like robo-taxi type thing. But then, you know, when you talk about the economics of it, there's some number where it's like, hey, maybe I can get down to a robo-taxi is less than a dollar a mile. Maybe you can replace car ownership in more places. Now, as with all of this, that's still going to be like population-centric in the sense of like a denser place means you can use the car more and your cost per mile goes down versus like a more sprawled out place where the the, the um, economics don't make the same amount of sense. But yeah, the theory of it is that like we drive down the cost per mile so that more people get monetary value from using our service versus using another service or having their own car, et cetera, et cetera. Now for, for a place like Iowa, it's, it's probably a far way away because how do you get your utilization rates up uh, when like people aren't going to the exact same place at very similar times or it's not as hustle and bustle sort of in the off hours as a place like New York or Miami or even San Francisco would be. Those are like the economics that like the big wigs at Cruise uh, certainly get paid to think about and mm-hmm. talk about money and the strategy. But those are the sort of like economics that people think about. Do you know if you guys are planning on like, is the goal to just get big enough to where the Midwest adapts it. Cause I mean, that seems like a, that seems just like the way it works for a lot of Midwest stuff. It's just like, just let those guys figure it out at some point. Like oh, it'll work its question. way into the Midwest at some point, or is there like an alternate plan to say, Hey, we have to actually approach this area differently. 
Yeah, that's a great question, and I absolutely just can't talk about that. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fair. That's a long-term business plan. One, I don't know about it, and two, even if I did, I certainly can't sort of speculate about that for sure. No, because but I it's mean, a I good question. Yeah, and again, that's the way a lot of the stuff is. I think, worth in general, is the Midwest just kind of like, like it, it, the stuff just works its way there, and it finds its way there, and if it's popular enough, it'll get adapted instead of you know necessarily like, hey, let's fix it so it's for. The Midwest specifically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I um, think it is interesting to see um, a little bit about, you know, future technology actually being used in real life. I mean, I know a couple of years ago we've heard of, you know, people delivering, you know, drones delivering pizzas and stuff like that. And yeah. there's always <laughs> been pie in the sky um, technologies, but to see it actually on the ground out there. I mean, I've seen driving around, you know, the Bay Area, I've seen some driverless cars, but um, I guess, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, but I guess what from the PR pitch, you know, changing people's perception of driverless cars, what, what is kind of like the main line used in terms of, or the main you know, kind of, kind of verbiage used to try to help convince people who, you know, I think there's a good number of people who will be yeah. like, Hey, no one's driving the car. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say two things first. The first is like the general strategy is like, okay, well, if we, the sort of broad level strategy is like, we build trust. We sort of reach out to people who are sort of more prone to be what's called like early adopters to like new technology. Think like, who are the first people who are going to buy an iPhone? Who are the first people that are going to get on a computer? Who are the first people that are going to sign up for a social media site? Those sort of people who have some sort of tolerance for like a new thing. So you sort of build trust. You sort of prove out your talk technology. You say like, hey, we're better. We're, we're like totally better. Like we think we're better than like human drivers, like attentive human drivers, stuff like that. You sort of make that case. And then you slowly build people on who are most inclined to do that. That's sort of the high level business case. Lots of people get paid a lot of stuff to like talk and think about like public policy and how we sort of communicate with people, how we market, how we build trust, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the immediate case and the case that I've seen sort of personally is like when I've gotten people in the car, when I took my dad on the ride, the, the amount of time it takes to go from like, uh, oh my goodness, I am in a self-driving car, pull out your phone, there's no one driving the car, you're taking a video to like, you then like, look down at your phone and you're just like on your phone dealing with the video and then you're just like you're still in this amazing situation but it feels very normal that time is very short when people get in cars every time i've been in a car that that like time window it's surprising how quickly it feels very normal like i'm just sitting in the back of a taxi so from the personal standpoint like in a very real sense it's like the more people are in cars chances are the more people will like the cars now you have to back that up by being a great service and a great product. And like, you can't have, you know, you have to avoid risk and accident and all that stuff. The trust thing we talk about, but, but it's, it's a cool thing. It's a cool service that people tend to like. And like the self-driving car, like you still got Bluetooth and stuff, right? So you could still hook up, like listen uh, to music. Remember. I think so. Uh, I, I think we had radio. I think we had various radio stations, I think is what we no, did. No. So can you like, do like oh, you can do like a R&B station. You can do a like top 40 yeah. hits station. You can do a jazz station. I think that's what we were doing in our cars. Mm. In the car that I drive, I've got, I don't even have Bluetooth and I've got like one of the transmitters where you've got to find like a dead station and then you Goodness. can Bluetooth to the transmitter. The transmitter will go to the radio. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe you can hook up. Maybe you guys need a Bose partnership, get some speakers Perhaps. in the car. 
And you, you know, I'll go talk to I'll go talk to the team about that. <laughs> yeah, we can. We'll pitch it. We'll email the company for you. We'll email uh corporate. Is is that something you guys? Is that like a thought process that you guys have now? Is like, well, if the driver is in the car not driving, do we design the car, the interior of the car in a different way? I'm not saying like the physical yeah. interior, but the actual things the driver can do in the car. Or uh, not the driver, yeah. the rider. No, you're totally um one of the things we've done. Let me see if I can find a, a picture of this thing. So one of the things, uh I'll, I'll throw you an old picture in the in the channel. Uh basically, yeah, you know, when you don't have a driver you can just get rid of a lot of things in the car like you don't need steering wheels you don't need pedals uh, you can free up a lot of space oh we're also an electric vehicle and so it's like okay we don't need an engine so you can actually like sort of design a car that's built only around riders uh and so we we have sort of we're in the process of, of trying to see what that looks like so interesting trying to get my pictures loaded up here I think that's an old article, but it gives you a sense of like, hey, like we're doing stuff that, you know, is like campfire seating. Uh, Cruise is doing that. Waymo's doing that. Zooks, which is another company in the space, is doing that as well. Mm. This is kind of like, it's almost set up like a, like an old school, like horse and carriage. We're like going back to the old school days. <laughs> yeah, just get rid of the horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's starting to look a little bit but like uh, Detroit Become Human. I don't know if you've ever played that, but. What, what one yeah it's a it's a futuristic uh but yeah it's very similar you know you i mean like you mentioned because you don't have a driver or will you know you can just rethink um you can rethink it yeah but no I, i'm very excited for this future one of these days i gotta get in one of these cars i mean you know perks of being in the bay area i'll, I'll definitely make sure to let i know, you know we need experience. a we need a report from sam i know we'll, we'll give you a live report we'll give you on on the scene in the need car. a blog. I'm I'm very excited. I'm I'm really excited. I don't know. We'll see if I can convince Nada to uh, go with. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I I didn't have anything else. I don't I don't know if you had anything, Ryan. But uh, wait, are, for, or what you say? Well, I, I I did want to end on one shout out real quick. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you yeah. saw this, Carter, but I get, we should mention to the people we're recording this Friday night. We're recording this right now during, or I guess we recorded this during the Mavericks Hawks game. That game just finished, and that game finished with Luka Doncic having 73. Oh, 73, oh. 10 rebounds, 7 assists. That's most two. since uh, Kobe. And the most points since Joel Embiid did it on Tuesday. <laughs> what a week. What a week for high scores. That's crazy. Oh, it's more than that because I think he only, yeah, I think How only was 70. So. Booker was at 70. Booker was at 75. 70 so last year was last season was actually the first season with multiple 70 point guys since 1963 we had dame and dame did it in february donovan mitchell yeah. actually did it in january in an overtime game and this year we've got two and two in the same week carter are we gonna get to three uh, it's certainly possible with uh with the way that 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 teams are playing these days the offenses we see yeah who is yeah, it? Kobe, uh, I want to say Joel Embiid is going to do it again. You know? Oh! I think he's going to happen. When does he play some bad team? Like, he's going to play some bad team in, like, in like the end of March and just, like, be like, oh, I'm just going to put up a, a bunch of points. So, looking at it, that would be, like, Wilton62 is the only guy to do it multiple times. He did it, like, Jeez. eight or nine times. That was his 100-point game season. Jeez. 
a mix in there. Oh no, that may be just the calendar year sixty-two. He broke it up a couple across a couple of seasons, but still. Multiple I think we will see a games. third seventy-point game this season. I don't know. Uh, Booker himself almost had one tonight. Uh, he had sixty-two against the Pacers. No. Pacers still got the win though. But really? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, so MB it, drops his seventy, and Towns got a sixty, and nobody kind of cared. And exactly. Luca dropped his seventy. Booker, nobody's gonna notice. What is happening? Sixty-two. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just that kind of season. I think a lot of players have mentioned. You know, you don't. Just don't know how to guard players anymore because refs tend to give call a lot of calls, especially superstar players. So that combined with free throws, great three point shooting, it's not hey, crazy. Not well, right. the most I'll have to this... save my uh, NBA defense rant for another day. <laughs> yeah, next time we're, next time we're back on. Yeah. I think I think it's better than it's ever been. And I, I... <laughs> is there anything you want to anything you want to shout out, promote, plug, direct the people toward quickly? Um, uh, uh, <laughs> here's my uh, cute shout out. Shout out to love. I'm getting married this year. I'm super pumped hey! about it. So find someone else, you know, that's great. That's my shout out. Uh, I don't really do anything on socials. Uh, I just, you know, lurk on every platform. So nothing to see, uh, nothing else for me to shout out, but find someone you love, you know, love people. Well, care about people. That's hey, well, congratulations. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a, Thank that's you. a big deal. Congrats. Congrats. Well, that, that's a great note to end on. Thank you for coming on the pod, Carter. Um, appreciate having you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have you on soon. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. Sh- shout out to Carter uh, for, for coming on the pod. Shout uh, out. We booked that out a while ago, so I was like, uh, are you good? But Really appreciate having him. That's a whole lot of firsts with that interview as well. First, mm. first soccer corner, first super technology corner. A lot of very interesting interviews. So very much appreciate having him on. Um, I know. See, it's like, like, hey, the fans know. Like, I mean, we got some moves here. We can play on different fields. You know, sometimes it's not just always the crossover, the James Harden crossover step back. Sometimes it's if, if we got to post up a little bit and talk about self-driving cars. We can have a guy. That's why you follow the Rem and Sam pod. That's why you guys should follow on Spotify, on iTunes, YouTube. Because, I mean, we're not just bringing you the best in sports. We're bringing you the best in everything. We're finding the most interesting people, and we're having them on. Should I, before we get to the game, should I do a little story? Do you want a little story time quick? Story story corner. I I love story time. Yeah, I have a little story corner for you. So, I was, we were actually talking about this a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier, but we were talking about meal prepping a little bit and uh wait you said what did you have over there mashed potatoes yeah i was having mashed potatoes it was, <laughs> it was great stuff i'm telling you the potatoes are on the list and i don't know we might have to talk a little bit about it with our guests next week we'll see oh coming up next Another. see i told yeah. you i told you guys that's why you give us that's why you should follow i mean we're doing self-driving cars this week we're doing mashed potatoes next week we're hey, going all over the place us. stay Let's, with us but I was, I was saying, speaking of meal prep, I had to go to the store, pick up some stuff to, uh, I think, was it ground beef, maybe? Pick up some stuff. And when I was driving to the store, there was a, there's like, there's one part on the way to the store. You've got to cross over train tracks. The lights for the train tracks started lighting up. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to wait for this train. If you just, I know if you pop a Yui, you can just drive around. And there's like a bridge and then you can go up over the bridge. You're, you're fine. You don't really even lose that much time. 
and you're right at the store. It's kind of all the same anyway. So I figured it's pretty easy. Pop the U-turn. What do you see right when you pop the U-turn? A sheriff just right there, just staring me down. And right now in Iowa, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's, you know, the cold, the ice that's got them like super decked out. But they've got all the sheriff cars like strapped up with like these just big bumpers in the front like there. They look even more like military, super scary. I'm like, okay, this guy's got me. I've definitely, I'm definitely caught. I mean, I mean, I definitely popped a U-turn and I didn't even go like close lane to close lane. I mean, we're talking far lane to far lane. It's bad, but the train is there. So I'm like, okay, maybe he forgives me the train. It's obvious and start to drive away, pull away a little bit further. And he let me go. He uh, let me go. He avoided it. It was the train. Yeah. I think, like I think, I think it made sense. Could have been a lot, could have been a lot worse. Could have, uh, I mean, you never want to have cuffs on your wrists at uh, any whoa, point. Whoa, but uh, Sam, you know what's something that you do want to have on your wrists? What? A Pura Vita bracelet, Sam. That's right. A Pura Vita wow. bracelet. Nice. Should well, we why, do why would I want one? Why would I, why would I want one? <laughs> Should we start with some announcements? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rem has been busy at work. Hard at work. Making moves, making money moves. And so the Rem and Sam podcast is now officially has some sponsors. We're, we're a couple of little brand ambassadors here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, shout out to Rem. He's, he's been putting in the work. So, Rem, why would I want a Pura Vita bracelet? They look cool. I was looking at it. I, I don't know. Do you cool. have one? No, no, I don't. No, I might have, you know, one of their competitors. I don't want to say their name, but oh. I do have similar business. Oh. But I might have to switch it up. I might yeah. have to switch it up. You know, why, why, but why switch it up? We're going to have to, we're going to have to get a convert out of Sam. I didn't know we were going to have to come on here and market to our own guy, but I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, when we're doing, and, and you know, shout out, really the shout out is shout out to the fan, shout out to the people for listening for, you know, as, as, as we continue to, as this thing continue to moves on, but, like as, as we are connecting with people and as there's brands are introduced and as we're, you know, out there trying to network and get, you know, figure out what's going on. We actually do want to, I think, connect with brands that like we actually use and we actually think are cool and things that are, you know, actually stuff that we actually think is pretty sick. And I got to be honest, like I've been a pure Vita guy for a while. I'm not even capping. Wow. It's, it's, it's serious. Like, again, that's one of the reasons why one of the reasons we connected with them because it was something that you know i've always had always used them always worn them and guess what they're a lot better on your wrist than handcuffs so i think you guys need to go i there's going to be links to everything in the description and i think if you guys i think there's going to be promo codes in there as well too but um now now every time sam does a reel i have to hold up the wrist and point to the bracelet so it, it'll be an ad yeah and I, i'm not gonna lie i mean when you said you know, we got some deals, some sponsorships. I'm like, oh, you know, is it some, you know, not great quality stuff like that. But, you know, this is this is a pretty, you know, pretty substantial brand. It looks like, you know, well-respected in the industry, fashion industry. You know, they, they mentioned they're featured on Cosmopolitan Team Vogue. I mean, I love their branding as a marketer. You know, that's literally mm. my job. I saw it and I was like, yeah, this is definitely some marketing, but you know, you have to have a good product to be able to market it. So I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've never bought it, but you know, I'm not, you might have made me believe it. I don't know. We'll have to take a look this week. 
Right, well, if you do want to buy it, the link and the promo code are in the description. 20% off if you want to hook yourself up with the deal. I think it's sick if you guys want a little bracelet. So there you go. I think there's some of the other stuff, too, that, that, that that's not the only one. There's a couple other things. Some of the stuff hey. are pretty cool, but maybe uh, you'll have to listen and see what's coming up. A teaser for mm. the ads. Who knew? I know. I know. We're teasing the ads. Stay, stay tuned. This is definitely a first. <laughs> uh, but I guess... This, but that's not the only exciting thing going on. Uh, this weekend is the conference championships for the NFL. Uh, the National Football Conference Championship is, will be having the Lions flying over to the Bay uh, over here playing the 49ers. But the one that I feel means more to history, I feel <laughs> like is more – is more important when you look at the history books is Mahomes headed over to the East Coast for his second road playoff game against Lamar Jackson um, on the road. And, and Rem, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Chiefs guy, but listening to all the media, all the stuff, it definitely, it's been a while since Mahomes has been this much of an underdog. I mean, with the Bills, you know, I could kind of talk myself into, you know, their defense is banged up, which it was, and, you know, definitely contributed to their, to their them winning it out. But this team is just, I mean, it's just stacked. And we're the ones going into this game with injuries, with Thune being out, um, or, yeah, him being pretty hurt. Uh, it looks like he didn't play in the Buffalo game, but it'll be interesting to see if he'll come back here. Um, Mike Edwards also had uh, a concussion. He missed practice this week. He DMP'd, yeah. Trace, yeah, Trey Smith, uh, he's expected to play, but he was sick. So it'll be interesting. I mean, and Baltimore, they've been just fine without Mark Andrews, and he might come back this week. Also, Humphrey was practicing this week. So it's just it, it seems like it's slanted in every way against the Chiefs for this game. Well, I mean, you said it's been a while since that they've been an underdog, and if you look at the lines right now, they are, are an underdog. I some of the sports book I was looking at, it was four points. And is this is this, is this the best team that you guys have ever played in the Mahomes era? Mm. Is that appropriate? I, that Tampa Bay team was pretty good. I think, mm, and Brady yeah. too. Yeah, Brady. That defense. I mean, it was. I don't think anyone was stopping them that night. Well. If you look at over Mahomes' career for so again that this game is a four point spread. If you go biggest spread for Mahomes' career, you have to go all the way back to his rookie season, and it's actually his first two games. His first mm. game as a starter, well, not his first game as a starter. He starts, you know, week seventeen yeah. of of twenty seventeen, his rookie season. But his week one, twenty eighteen, was a three and a half point underdog to the Chargers, and then week two a four and a half point underdog to the Steelers. And that's actually the biggest spread that Mahomes has been an underdog in his entire career. Later in that season, you guys play New England week six. He's a three point underdog. And then since then, really, there's been a couple of one, two point spreads. Philly last year in the Super Bowl, they were minus one. You know, there's been a couple of times when you've been barely an underdog. Buffalo, this this past game as well, too, you guys were two and a half. But... 2019 in week 11, again, when you play New England, you were three point favorites. And then Baltimore in 2020, that week, that week three matchup, 
three and a half point favorites. But again, this is actually, so really outside of that rookie season, this is the first time that Mahomes has ever been favored by more than four points, you know, more than three and a half points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that we've had some issues in the past, but handled pretty easily um, or handled pretty, pretty comfortably. Uh, But you know, this is definitely Mahomes at his weakest that he has been so far since his rookie season um, in terms of the team that he has, the offense that he has around him. And um, they're, you know, going on the road. It's going to be a loud crowd. It's going to be – I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see. I, I think it is going to come down – you know, it's pretty obvious. But it is going to come down between Lamar and and Mahomes in terms of, you know, that – the main reason why the Texans were able to, you know, go into the half tied against them is they were able to pressure Lamar. They were able to get him off his spot, make him feel uncomfortable, and and really give him that pressure. And we'll have to see. I mean, this Chiefs defense has shown that they're able to do that. Um, Spags loves to blitz. He loves to pressure, and he does it in very creative ways. I mean, it's why he's been able to win two rings here with the team. But it's going to be – it. This is definitely where we're going to need it the most because I already know Mahomes is going to struggle against this defense. I mean, you have Kyle Hamilton playing as well as he was projected. Um, first uh, first player since uh, actually Tyron Matthew in 2015 to have double-digit tackles, four loss, and at least four interceptions in one season. So mm. he's having a season we haven't seen. Wait, Tyron Matthew on the Chiefs? Uh, I don't think he was at that point. Wait, you said 2015? Yeah. Oh, so Arizona, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before Mahomes, yeah. It was, yeah. So that was prime Matthew. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so my Hamilton having a season we haven't seen in almost a decade. Um, their defense is number one in sacks. And it's it's, it's really, it's, I think it is scary to see the injuries that we do have on our line. You know, it's not nothing super serious. They may return, um, Anthony and Trey Smith. But to have... You know, guys who aren't 100% against the big and best pressure, one of the best uh, secondaries and, you know, superstars almost at all-star. I mean, really good stars at linebacker. Um, I don't know. It's it, I feel, you know, usually it feels like when I pick against my Chiefs, they win. When I do pick them, they lose. I don't know. Red, which way are you leaning, you know, hearing all these stuff? Like, I know you've been on the train of, you know, don't bet against Mahomes, which you make sense. This is their sixth straight um, AFC title game. But I don't know, Rem. It, it might be a little, it might, maybe it's time to throw a little money on the Ravens. To be honest, I'm not like totally certain who I'm sure yet. There's still a couple of things that I think I want to talk out first before. Because um, I'm, 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 actually, I'm actually being totally honest. I don't know who's going to win this game. I think this yeah. is super close. And you mentioned that Tampa Bay matchup as well, too, from the Super Bowl. Kansas City was three-point favorites in that game. Yeah. So Brady wasn't even, and that's like we're saying, Mahomes really the only other time he was an underdog was to Tom Brady. So, you know, it's not just the Chiefs. I don't think it's just the Chiefs thing with, you know, with where the state of that roster is. And they played really well last week. Well, what did you take away from that performance last week then going back, going into this game? Like, are, uh, do from, you from which team? From the Chiefs. Like, do you feel like that performance erased? I don't want to say everything that you did in the regular season, but did you feel like did you feel like you played like a Super Bowl team last week? 
No, I, I don't. And I think we oh, quite okay. frankly got lucky in that game. When you see that second half, and you're telling – I mean, he got uh, – I want to double-check here to make sure I got it right. But it was just the number of um, second chances that that offense got um, in the Buffalo at the end of that game. I, I definitely think we got lucky there. I mean, I do think the moment got to Allen, we have seen him, you know, kind of – crumble here but yeah i think yeah the chiefs did score on like every single drive uh besides the fumble and like the end of half and the end of game um so their defense also is just bad but to have yeah to go get turnover on downs because of a horrible um um uh punt fake punt and then punting mm, did you then, agree with the call and, uh have I haven't missed a field goal. No, I don't. I mean, you know, hmm. only scoring seven, uh, a touchdown. And I think with that game last week against the Bills, it was just way too close. It was way too close call. I think we had a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of LeBron with Toronto where it's like, you know, we know we're going to beat them. We, you know, we don't really mm. have to push it. Oh, we're not really the Bills fans. About this team. You know, you know, it's just, it's just taking over and Mahomes doing what he normally does and pretty much willing them to win in that game. And like, it's, they, they just consistently scored. I couldn't, you didn't really see a sense of urgency from their side. Like they weren't really worried. It felt like, like it kind of felt like they knew they were going to win. And maybe that's why Kelsey actually had a good game. He was actually catching passes. But against this Ravens team, I think it takes it to another level. They're, you know, I think they're, the energy is going to be through the roof. And the defense is going to be so much better, especially when you look at the stats for this team. Uh, the Ravens are the first team to lead the NFL um and as a scoring defense only allowed 16 and a half points per game um and sacks uh they had 60 and tied for first in takeaways and you know they had an NFL record 10 games against teams that finished with winning records it's just it, it's ridiculous and you know it's the first time ever um it's the first time that the Ravens have hosted the AFC game now the Colts played the Oakland Raiders back in 71 in Baltimore, but it's just crazy. I mean, this this team literally has 16 players without at least one sack. I mean, that's more players than you can put on the field. So I it's just I am while I do think the defense, our Chiefs defense can give uh, Lamar enough troubles to make this game be close. This ridiculous defense by the Ravens having stars everywhere and not only having that top end talent like uh, Kyle Hamilton, but having also, you know, Roquan Smith, having those players also, you know, Jadavion Clowney, you know, secretly also on that, on that line, just mm -hmm. players all over. I think that's going to give the Chiefs too much troubles. And, you know, either this is – I could see this very well be a, a one-two interception game from Mahomes. So you are worried about him. I know you're kind of crediting the Ravens defense. You're building – you know, the Ravens defense is amazing, but – I mean, it seems like you're a little worried about Mahomes. And I mean, which so which quarterback do you think is actually playing better right now? I mean, we're not doing legacy things for both the both these guys, just for this game. And if if you look at their numbers just from the divisional round last week, Mahomes versus Buffalo, 17 of 23, 
115 completed air yards. So, you know, him actually throwing the ball, none of the yards exactly. after the catch, the total yard, him, him just throwing completed air yards, 115, two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, you know, he didn't have the total yardage that Mahomes did last week, but 16 of 22, basically the same. 114 100 on the ground too, right? Yeah. 114 completed air yards, only one less than Mahomes, two touchdowns plus what he added on the ground. So I know, like you're saying, there's the element of the matchups of the defense, but is, is Lamar playing better than Mahomes right now? I, I could see an argument for that. I, I could see an argument. I mean, I think <laughs> is that a diplomatic the, the, way to say it? I, you know, I kind of, I think for Mahomes, you know, he's only going to be as good as his receivers allow him to be, you know? And I think Lamar, it's easier for him to put the team more on his back and it'd be more on, more on him just because of how he can run, how he can run the ball. You could still see that elite movement last week against the Texans in that second half. Um, you can see him, you know, really tearing up the, in the middle of that defense. And, you know, while Mahomes can scramble, and that has been some of his biggest plays of his career, you know, it is it is a little bit different level that Lamar can get to. And it's, I mean, again, where Kansas City's got to rely on receivers who have been unreliable all year long. I mean, I love the game that Kelsey had last week. But, you know, that is something that we haven't seen very consistently throughout the year. Um, Rasheed Rice is literally playing out of his mind. I mean, I think he only needs uh, 63 yards uh, to – let me see if I can find that stat here. Uh, is yeah, he going he after needs, a record? Um, yeah, he only needs 66 yards to pass Torrey Holt for the third most yards by rookie in a single postseason. So, he's – I mean, he's mm. playing great. Um by, you know, by, by historical standards, which is something I hope can continue. It's something, you know, I don't know if he can, though. You know, we have, we've seen him a lot, a lot of drops. You know, MBS has had many drops, uh, many crucial drops in his career. So, you know, unlike the Ravens, who, you know, had Zay Flowers has been consistent, uh, you, you might have Mark Andrews return, which would be enormous for this team. I mean, if Mark Andrews plays in this game, I, the Ravens are going to win this game guaranteed. Like, I'm not I'm not even going to mm. have I'm not – like, Mark Andrews is that good. He's been, like, that good over the last couple of years. And if he if he comes back in the game on top of already having Likely, who, you know, has been a more than competent replacement for him, you have Odell, you got Zay Flowers, and then you're supposed to deal with that rushing attack as well with those running backs. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, it, it – if it, it would be actually crazy if Mahomes could pull this off, because I think for once in a long time, and I think I think this might be like one of the maybe one or maybe one other time I can't really think of it, but I think this might be the first time like every single odd is kind of like all the odds are against him, and it's like it's not even close. Like there's not something we could say is the advantage for him, even at the tight end spot. So. I mean, Andrews hasn't played since the middle of November. Is he definitely better than likely? I, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that's even a question, you know. I don't, we'll see how healthy he is. You want to see him out there? having him out there. If, if I'm the Ravens, I'd love to have him out there. I yeah, mean, as fans, no, I don't know. I see it. But having him just as an option, you know, and something besides, 
you know, something else for the defense to worry about when they're, you know, and the Chiefs now will have to, and I think they will anyway, try to pressure with only four and not really bring the blitzes. But to guarantee that by having someone as dangerous as Andrews there um, is, is something that, you know, is irreplaceable. So I, I just, if Mark Andrews plays in this game, I and he's, especially if he's 100%, I don't see a way the Chiefs can really win this game. You mentioned the pressuring with four. If so, the thing with Lamar, like you were saying with the scrambling and Mahomes is scrambling, like you said, it's been phenomenal. Lamar is just the fact that he's now figured out the pocket passer thing to the level that he has. Like, well, I guess here, let me pivot quick to Lamar because has, do you think, do people realize that Lamar is actually like the second best quarterback in the league? Like, do people, like, is that something that people are like, are, 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 do people know that? Like, I feel like, I, I feel like there's still kind of like, is this like a, like a hot stretch or, you know, like they have the best team this year, you know, everything's in the right place, but Lamar as an athlete, like everybody knows Lamar is as an athlete, one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic athlete in the league. And again, he has figured out the pocket passer thing. Like that's a real development for him. Like, I think he's, he's fully there. Like it's, Mahomes clearly won. I guess like Burrow too, obviously. I keep forgetting about Burrow because he was yeah, didn't play the, the back, half of, back half of the regular season. But either either way, I think the fact that he's made this playoff run now, even you like he's in the conference finals. That's what that's what Burrow has done. And if he loses to Mahomes, I, I guess Burrow did beat Mahomes too. So yeah, I went to the I, Super Bowl. So. Yeah, I don't know if we need to to get into that, but it does it does feel like he is actually this player. And I feel like there's still like an underlying thing of, you know, the team's amazing and the writings on the wall versus Lamar is like fully now on the list of, because like we're saying with the athleticism and the numbers, he is right there with Mahomes. If he beats Mahomes, like, is there, does, do we now have to talk about Lamar as the best quarterback in the league? I think, I think we'd need to see it for more than one year. Um, I think you need a couple, you know, Mahomes has a couple of rings under his belt. Um, I think Joe Burrow, you know, you still can't forget about him. I mean, I think just because of his injuries, you know, if you're starting a new team, you know, I don't, I don't know if he'd be the second quarterback off the board, but in terms of talent, I think he is number two. Um, but I definitely have Lamar firmly above Josh Allen. And, I, you know, I think there is, you know, a little bit of how close it was. And I think definitely after this season, I, I put him above and, it's just, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, it's just not only now is it not just the athleticism, um, but also his pocket passing. Um, and But it is interesting to see that, you know, this this year he has had an emphasis on pocket passing, but he is still open to running if needed. Um, yeah. He's only played in five postseason games, but has passed 100 yards in three of them, a record for a QB. So, you know, he is playing at an MVP level and – Every time he, you know, if needed, he'll still put on the wheels and still put on the brakes. But it is nice to see that he is passing two very good options on this team. I, I honestly think this team is probably one of the stu- most superstar laden teams that we've had in a minute, in a long time. Because even if you look at those 49ers teams, they don't really have a superstar at quarterback. And that's something that this team has on top of, you know, a great running back, you know, great wide, great wide receivers, a great tight end, really good, you know, O-line 
and great on the other side as well on all levels of defense, breaking records. And I think, you know, the Ravens, I think they're really, I think this is their chance to really wake up America because they've been kind of going under the radar. You know, I think people who have been watching the league, people watch sports, obviously been giving the Ravens respect. But in terms of the household names, uh, the Ravens definitely have not been in the forefront as the mm-hmm. Taylor Swift-led Chiefs. And yeah. I think I think they're going to come in and crash the fairy tale at home. I, I really do think that this is the end of the road for the Chiefs. And considering the season that the Chiefs had, I kind of consider it a win. I mean, it's we made it mm. to that goalpost. I think under Mahomes. I was going to ask post, you this. Yeah, I mean, under Mahomes. Do you guys need post, this game? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think our goalpost <laughs> has been the conference championship. You know, getting there has been the thing, and we've done it every year under Mahomes, which, you know, is a ridiculous feat to even do, especially in the NFL, to end up, at the end of the day, being one of the four best teams in the league. Yeah. One of the top two in your conference. And every year? Through, every year you have him as quarterback, and to deal with what he had to deal this season – um, I, I think, you know, it's one of the things it's Chiefs, we tend to be up and down. We, we win. And then we have a year where we fit, where we kind of be lax and then we have some mistakes. And then the next year we draft. Well, we figure it out. We cover our weaknesses. We wrestle back and then it's back and forth, back and forth. And so right now this, I mean, I expect it to be down here. I mean, there just has to be, we can't make the Super Bowl every year. There just has to be years <laughs> where we don't make it. And I think, you know, I, I, I did obviously pick against us in the first Super Bowl, you know, still regret it to this day. But I think this team act like has a talent on a different level than pretty much any team that Mahomes has played, including that Buccaneers team, because I think, you know, Brady couldn't really run around. You know, Brady at that point, mm-hmm. he was older. If they were if they had a better pass rush, who knows what happens, better line. And the Chiefs but, offensive line was not the offensive line that it yeah. is now. Yeah, exactly. But uh, this this Ravens team, I think this is like the first time that I'm like, I seriously think that Mahomes cannot overcome this. And mm. if he does, I don't, you know, mm. I, I don't know what to do with him. No, the the I think the legacy stuff, like you're saying, already for Mahomes is kind of already like this. This playoff run in this season, like the first five years was nice to have like, oh, like five years. That's like a fun little window. But now it's like, OK, obviously this is going to continue. And what is that? What is like what what was last season really, especially post Tyreek Hill? What does that sustainability yeah. look like season over season and to be back in? I think we're still holding off on some of the legacy stuff though, because again, like if they win this game, I do think that that is like, I mean, just being in the Super Bowl, it's like, okay, what what is really going to happen at this point with Mahomes? Yeah. But like for Lamar, can you can you win this game and Lamar play awesome? Like, does Lamar have to play mm. bad for you to lose this game? Like, do you have to stop Lamar? I know, I know, I guess that's the Ravens offense, but like if, if it's like a defensive muddy type game, low scoring, I think, I think in previous years, even as close as last year, I would have said no, but with the way this team has played, I I think we do need to get an interception or two. I do think if we're going to beat this team, we're going to definitely have to make Lamar uncomfortable because if he starts running around and doing his thing and they can just, I mean, we can see how fast he is, how agile he is and how quickly he can get 10 yards. Any of his running back get 10 yards. You get the whole headache of what's going on, you know, run pass options if they want to get tricky with them. And I think we're, and just 
the unreliability of this offense this year under Mahomes, it just it's been unreliable. It just has. And I know I just mentioned, you know, last week with them scoring on every single drive, but a lot of those were field goals, and it was against a defense that was really, you know, the cover was pretty bare. And, and you mentioned that, it earlier too, but that fourth quarter yeah, drive when the Bills defense got a stop, that was important. Yeah. No, it was it was. And it's just the 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 offense has been up and down throughout the year, no matter who we've played. And it's never felt quite right, even last week. I mean, Hardman, you know, we finally have like a great play, and then he fumbles it out of the back of the end zone. Like there's always something going on. And mm. you, you're struggling against teams that, you know, don't have their top guys. And then you go against a team that's historically good and they don't have any great injuries on this team, like, or not great, but, you know, significant injuries on this team. It's just really hard. Even as a Chiefs fan, you know, as a Chiefs fan, I'm going to cheer for my team. I'm going to watch the whole game. I'll be cheering for them, you know, and I'll be really happy if and hopefully when they win. But, as a logical football fan, looking at the stats, looking at this team, you know, I I think this is the best team that Mahomes has played. And especially on the road, I, I really it's unless the defense creates some turnovers, you know, the the offense is able to, you know, really run the ball and you know, really control time of possession. I think I think the the Ravens are probably gonna get this win. And, you know, we have there is hope at the line of Hope at the end, light at the end of the tunnel for the Chiefs. You know, last week we did run the ball a lot. Mahomes only had like nine completions by the end of the first half. But I, I, it's just I. There's, so there is a there is a shot, but you know, I, it's a very narrow one, and it's it's we keep asking for Mahomes to pull some magic, and at some point, you know, he's the only human. But we'll see. Maybe he's not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're in the Super Bowl. And of all, you know, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Did, does it finally does it is there finally like a magic the that league. happens but roger goodell just floats in and is like nope i'm just i'm just deciding this game yeah it has so to be mahomes well if roger goodell has his choice the problem for the chiefs is that graphic is very purple i mean it's definitely purple i think yeah. i tried to look at it and say hey could this is is this blue could this be houston could this be dallas i mean we'll talk about the trade game in a second but yeah. if it's uh if they're if they're scripting it out, it's very purple. And did you send me the, was that like a weather report from a while back where they were, they were forecasting the Super Bowl for Ravens uh, Niners? I think so. I've seen that everywhere too. Like some, someone was talking about on the, um, on the game, on their, on the like ad at a casino. Yeah. It, I, it was, I don't remember exactly what the weather report was, but it was like, oh, it's going to be 50 degrees and partly cloudy during a exactly. Ravens Niners Super Bowl. Like I specifically said that. So you definitely have that going yeah. up against you. But is, like, again, is Spags, is Spags weirdly, is he, is his skill set as a defensive coordinator, is he one of the guys that could stop Lamar with the way he dials up pressure? Like, where do you rank him in terms of important people in this game? Is he number two behind Mahomes? Um, I I think I think he might be almost one number one. I mean, you know, I, I think in terms of being able to scheme up a defense to limit Lamar, and it's and both halves, not just the first half, but the second half too. Mm. Because I think we can definitely come out and make him uncomfortable, get him. But once they get into the locker room, look at adjustments. 
I mean, Lamar right now quite literally has everything open to him, which Mahomes does as well. But the main reason why I'm, which we've mentioned many times, lean towards Lamar is just because of the number of stars he has around him, of great players that he has around him. I mean, great. And it's just, and, and when we look at our side, you know, you got Pacheco, who I think is a little banged up, you know, like we already mentioned mm. with the receivers and tight ends. It's not, it's pretty shaky. And having the crowd behind you, I don't know. I, but I do, all that to say, I do actually think Spags is the number one player, number one person that I most will be looking for in this game because I think Mahomes is going to do what he's going to do. I think they'll, they'll, they'll obviously score at some point, but it's not going to be – he's going to get the ball to the people. It's just the people, whether the people are going to actually catch it, whether they're going to decide if they're going to have a good game or we have another first half where Kelsey – like drops three of his six passes, like hmm. something like that. Um, so I, but I do. So there, there, there is consistency with Mahomes. But in terms of the importance of what, what, whether the game will be held in the balance, will be definitely on Spagnuolo in terms of being able to scheme up something to pressure Lamar and to not, you know, not have him go crazy at some point in in the first or second half. I mean, we could keep nerding about out about Spag's scheme. So you said, <laughs> what you said, so you said you were saying rush four. I mean, do we want to spy? Like, do you need a power rank who you want to spy Lamar real quick? Is that Bolton? Probably Nick Bolton. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Willie Gabe he has to. Um, but that could you get thing. tricky you and use McDuffie? Mm, nah, I don't know if they'd be good at spying. He's definitely a good man man coverage. You could have him just shut down, uh, or I'd have Sneeds shut down, uh, take uh, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. There's a reason Spags gets paid all the big bucks. You know. Well, I don't know. We, I know we've definitely been high in getting saps off the cornerbacks. It's like second. Hmm. Well, I know we were just complimenting Lamar, but is is Kyle, who's better at football, Kyle Hamilton or Lamar? Who's more scary in this game? It's close. It's close. Uh, I just every time you said the Ravens defense, you've also said Kyle Hamilton, and I kind of agree with you. He's so good, man. He's so good. I love watching him play. Yeah, I love. He's been so good this season. It's it's. Is he best Um, safety in the league already? Yeah, I think I think so. Probably. I think so. He's definitely passed uh, Buda Baker. I think he was like number one. Baker Fitzpatrick. It's a crazy part. Yeah, Minka had a decent year. Yeah, but he's definitely number one. And, you know, obviously Lamar because he touches the ball on every single offensive play. But but the problem with your Chiefs offense he does, he does. in this game is a lot of what the Chiefs offense has been has been yards after the catch. Rasheed Rice mm-hmm. is actually... So if you go percentage of yards that are yards after the catch... Rasheed Rice actually leads the league. He's at almost 70%, 69.9% of his yards are yards after the catch, which, you know, is mm-hmm. they're, they're not throwing the ball down the field. The next closest guy is 10% less. It's Demario Douglas at 59. Hunter Renfro at 59.6. Douglas at 59.8. Renfro at 59.6. Debo Samuel at 59 flat. If, if you want to get technical, actually, McCole Hardman leads the league with 87% of his yards, but he only had 24 touches on the season. So if you go like guys that actually got the ball, Rasheed Rice. And like we're saying, the the swarmability of the the Ravens defense, I think is going to 
potentially be able to limit limit that. But I mean, it's Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton just going side to side, pausing the defense, and Roquan Smith. I mean, it's it's crazy, and they're going to be playing against a banged up wide receiver room with She Rise dealing with his hamstring, Tony dealing with his hip, and MBS dealing with an oblique. I mean, all these guys got something that they're nursing, and they're supposed to go up against this defense. It's it's tough. I mean, we got Willie Gay. I don't even know if he's playing. He's questionable. It's just the is Chiefs Mike Edwards going to play? Up. I don't. I don't know, man. I know you said if Mark Andrews uh, plays, you're gonna lose. But if Mike Andrew, if if Mike Edwards doesn't play, I feel like you might also lose. He's weirdly important to your defense. Yeah, he's limited. Um, let's see, we got oh, some updates. he DMP'd earlier yeah. in the week, so that's a good sign. If he was, yeah, I mean, they're gonna do whatever they can to be in this game. Um, yeah, we have 17 players who we had on our injury report Wednesday and Thursday. Um, now over half of them were full participants in practice, but, um, so yeah, Pacheco comes back on Friday. Um, he says he's going to be absolutely going to play on Sunday, even though he's questionable. So he's banged up. Um, let's see. Uh, so Thune will be not, will not be in this game. Uh, he was ruled out. Thune is out. Um, oh no. Yeah. He's. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Nick Allegretti will <laughs> no. be there instead. Um, but Mike Edwards did he go? To, he did go to full participation. He'll be questionable. Um, but it looks like he should be able to clear it as well as uh, Willie Gay. Um, he'll also be questionable. Um, and uh, let me see here. Yeah, Nadi's not there. Sky Moore is out. Um, they're they're probably going to be out. There is Tony. Uh, he, I mean, he practiced limited second end of the day. So it's just, mm. um, okay. It looks like <laughs> Nadi was put out for, for, but it's just like 17 players are banged up. Like, and like, we could go look at the Ravens injuries. Actually, let me check how the Ravens are doing. Uh, so what but, you're saying is the only yeah, ring that Travis Kelsey getting this year is a wedding ring. Maybe he's maybe. not getting a super so Bowl do ring. You, do you think do you think the league will do anything any funny business in this game? Ooh, will the that's, league that's keep the, the Chiefs in the game? Well, again, does the league want the Chiefs to win the game? That's the I guess that's the question. Taylor Who Swift, does man. the league want to win this game? Does the league actually want the Ravens to win this game? They want Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm gonna tell you that right. I'm a like that. That's what they want. I don't know. It's I like, feel like no, are you guys kind no. of the villains in this game? Oh, we're, we're like, definitely the villains. I feel like people are kind of pulling for the Ravens. No, people want the Ravens to win. But the thing is, is that Taylor Swift is a thing. She is, and she's a big Chiefs fan. So, I mean, you know, having her in there. Uh, so, on the Ravens side, um, so Marlon Humphrey, like we mentioned, will be back. Uh, Mark Andrews was a full participant in the in in practice, so... Uh, let's see. Uh, and, you know, Tyron Williams. Um, so Humphrey was limited participant. So the only player who's just not playing is actually your boy, Rocky Sin. So, but <laughs> my boy, I think, yeah, he's a, I know I'm a big fan of him, but yeah, <laughs> having like one player, one, you know, decent player 
who's not going to play compared to the Chiefs who we have, you know, Booney out, Pacheco, you know, didn't play, didn't participate. There's still questionable whether he'll be playing. Like, a lot of injuries. I don't know. It, it's not looking good. It's not looking good right now. I believe Rocky Sin was the – was that the Trevon Diggs draft? Did they take – Joe Jawan Williams went over. Or Rocky Sin. I remember I remember being upset over one of the corners that they didn't take Mullen. Was it Mullen? Mm. Maybe it was the Quincy William pick I'm thinking of. Yeah, maybe actually Rocky Sin was a good pick. Who knows? Oh, this was the Jamal Dean Jamal Dean draft. I like Jamal Dean. Played well in the mm. played well. So are we both are so you're picking the Ravens? Um yeah, no, I'm I'm picking We're both picking the Ravens? Huh? You think you're leaning the Ravens? Well, if 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 you're this worried, I think I have to pick the Ravens. Because, like you're saying, yeah. the defense. The thing was that the thing I was curious about is how confident are you in the offense against the defense? I think, and you know, again, the other way around too. I think, like we said, Spags is going to be incredibly important in this game. But if you are if you are worried about, you know, Mahomes in a way, then. That's kind of all I need to know. I'll pick the Ravens. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, people mentioning Allegretti, you know, he's 13 career start. He's at playoff experience, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion. Guess what? All, all players who've been on the Chiefs this past some time are Super Bowl champions. Okay, <laughs> like, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Um, but flipping to the other side, the Lions versus 49ers. And by the way, if the Chiefs do get to the Super Bowl, I will be much less worried um, because both mm. of these teams have shown. So, is the Super Bowl winner? Is this the Super Bowl? Marks. I think it is. In my opinion, it is the Super Bowl for me because when you look over the NFC, you know, Purdy really struggled against the Packers mm. to the point where it's a serious possibility whether he's winning just because of some rain. And the Lions, you know, it's Jared Goff. And while he has improved since the last time he was in the Super Bowl, you know, this team doesn't have as established stars. You know, shout out to Jamar Gibbs, who has continued to produce. This team has, you know, your another one of your boys, Aiden Hutchinson. My boy. Uh, who is, is played well. But, you know, they did almost lose to the Rams in the on car. You know, it, it was they almost they almost lost in the first Are round. Are the Rams so. good, though? Yeah, I do think the Rams are good, um, but I don't think they're great. Um, and, you know, Mayfield did throw two picks in that game uh, against them uh, when, when they played them. And, uh, you know, it was just – it's, you know, two interceptions. The, the the Lions continued. They were at home. The crowd was rocking. Uh, but, yeah, them coming over to the Bay, if it's dry, which I think it should be, and McCaffrey's 100%. I think they should be able to, the 49ers should be able to handle business. So I know you mentioned the Bay. The out, what is Goff's record in weather? I know that flat was, that stat was floating around this past week. And Goff, um, and Goff versus yeah, Shanahan yeah. as well, too. Do you know what the line is for this game? Yeah. Do you, do you know what the spread is? Um, here, let me guess. Guess the lines. Shout out. Um, 
Yeah, I want you to guess because it's when I looked at it initially. So when I was preparing, just going through the game, rewatching the games from this past mm. week, you know, obviously I was gonna go look at it and be like, okay, this is initially what I thought. I guess I don't want to lead. I don't want to lead the witness too much. Guess what the line is for this game? Uh, 49ers plus four. It's Niners plus seven. It might even be seven and a half. Oh, wow. Yay. It's a touchdown favorite. So again, like are what is, is there an eye test thing that they're, that we're missing here with the Niners? Are we just forgetting that outside of that Ravens game, you know, especially with Debo, they looked pretty good. Like did the eye test, did the eye test say that these, that the Niners and Purdy were a touchdown better than the Lions? last week i don't no no i don't think so but i mean the 49ers have won 11 of their past 12 meetings against the lions um including the debut in 2021 um you know and uh it's it's uh so they've had history against this team um and the lions you know they're in uncharted territory they haven't won this many playoff games uh, since 1957, uh, and you know, the first time they've won their dis- their division in 30 years. Um, so it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I I very much think, you know, this this Lions team can they take it up a notch in terms of taking it to another being elite? And they've been up and down. They've they've had you know some some weird losses and some great wins. And I, I think the 49ers, with what they have on their team, they're just a little bit better. They have, I think they have a couple more, a lot a more developed players, while the Lions feel younger. You know, Jameson Williams, um, Amara Ross St. Brown is, you know, at their top of his powers. But I think some of their pieces on their team are a little bit younger. Also, Aiden Hutchinson, not quite as developed as the 49ers. So if the 49ers stay healthy, I, I don't know. I think they beat him, even though is Debo Samuel returning for this game? That's that's big. He's been practicing, and there was a video as well, too, that was going around of him at okay. practice. He's set to play, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I was gonna say, watching him on in practice, he looked like he was running around pretty good. And I know the report yeah. was the injury wasn't as serious as they had thought initially, anyways. So mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of the stuff with Debo is directly tied to Purdy. And having Debo out there obviously is going to be beneficial for Purdy, but Goff is the one, like we're saying, with the play. Like Goff has been to a Super Bowl. Does that matter at yeah. all in this? Like what? Um, what is the degree of separation between these between those between these guys? Does that Super Bowl experience get Goff in that? You know, like it does that matter? I mean, when you see that Super Bowl, it kind of. Uh, uh... You know, mm. it's, it's kind of the defense that was the main part of why they were there. I mean, prime Aaron Donald is crazy. Um, it is, uh, or not, yeah, it's just crazy good. Um, and that team was really good. And I, I think Goff, you know, he, he he did his job in that offense. I mean, they, they had the Super Bowl, and then the year before, that MVP, Todd Gurley. And I think this defense is it's going to have some more – the 49ers defense is going to have some tricky stuff. Um, they will be able to pressure the quarterback um, with their four. And I think that secondary is a lot better than um, what the Buccaneers had. You know, the, the Bucs still a solid defensive team. They still have some pieces here and there, but not. I don't think it's as nearly elite as um, as the 49ers. And the yeah. 49ers had chances. They just, you know, gave it up. Mm-hmm. Like in the first quarter of the game, they almost had an interception. 
Yeah. And if you, if you look at the Niners defense in that game as well, too, against the Packers, they actually did play pretty well. And again, I know the score was close. I know there was a, like the first drive, the Packers were able to get down in field goal range. There was a, a missed field goal as well, too, from the Packers. Was that, was that at the end of the game? So, you know, they did drive down at the end of the game and yeah, so. have a, have a position, but I mean, the first on the first touchdown that they scored in that game, that that drive had the 41 yard pass interference on, and it was on a third and 15 too as well too. So the Niners could have gotten off the field on that play. And then the very next play was the touchdown play. The defender falls down, and the receiver just run buys him. So, and then and then the second touchdown was the 65 yard kick return after the Niners go down. I forget if they scored a touchdown or field goal on that drive, but they get the kick return that sets them up again in pretty good scoring range. So for, for the most part, the Packers weren't doing too much. The thing is again, got or love, sorry, missed a bunch of throws in that game. Yeah. There was opportunities as well too. So we'll see if there, will they be, will they be able to pressure Goff in this one? Because the secret thing about the, the mm-hmm. Niners is they don't blitz. Mm-hmm. No, gonna... They definitely will be able to pressure. I mean, we know Goff is a statue in the quarterback. Uh, in the in the pocket, that's why uh, the Rams traded from him, and I think he's he's definitely going to get pressured. Now the question is, is if there's going to be enough playmakers downfield that he can get the ball out of the, out of there quick enough. Um, shout out to Sam Laporta. Um, he is. Uh, let me see here. I had the stat. He's two catches and 32 yards receiving yards away from uh, being one of the only two rookies with Jamar Chase in league history to have. Uh, 100 plus catches with at least a thousand receiving yards and 10 receptions, including the playoffs. So, but you know, this team has had a lot of you know scoring from the rookies, uh, and it's it's rookies are lined up. They're 25 touchdowns from rookies in the regular season, and the playoffs are the most for a team since the merger. So their 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 rookies are playing really really well. Uh, and Jamar Gibbs, or not Jamar, yeah, Jamar Gibbs, yeah, and uh, and Sam Laporta. Uh, but at the same time, they are rookies and it is a bright lights and, you know, maybe they stand up to it, but it is, at least for me, especially at home, I do tend to rely on the, the team that has the more league guys, more experience. Um, you know, this is the 49ers fourth, um, mm. fourth in five years, I want to say, uh, for a championship game in five years. Let me see here. Uh, they... Yeah, so it Outside is of the year where Garoppolo got third hurt. straight year. Yeah, third straight the conference year and then four and five years. So um yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned. So this I mean, this team is uh is used to this and this is the Lions, you know, first time even doing anything in the playoffs, let alone getting there. And um I you know, I think the more veteran team will win out. But I mean, I mean this this it's not like the the Lions are just gonna hand it. It's definitely not an easy way. No, and the um, thing about the Lions, you, you mentioned that, you know, they could potentially push the ball down the field vertically, but they really have moved, like the offense has been kind of methodical and they have been able to get some big plays, but it's been a lot of, like you're saying, Jameer Gibbs getting a big run, Amon Ra yards after the catch. So in a way, they don't necessarily need big plays to be effective, which could be an interesting thing against this Niners defense. The other thing that happened in that Bucks matchup was Rashad White for the Bucks. He only had four receptions in this, in this game, but four receptions, 36 yards. That's nine yards of reception. 
So I know McCaffrey obviously is a threat on the ground, but it feels like in the passing game, and again, I know Debo looked pretty healthy, but it feels like McCaffrey could be pretty important in the passing game in, in this one. And that in general is just obviously going to be the big weakness for the, the defense. The thing about the Lions defense is I do actually, like the Lions defense is good. And I know, yeah. especially on the Tuesday pod, we've been debating it a lot over the course of the season. The numbers have put them in the bottom tier of the league. I know they have Hutchinson and some big playmakers. But again, not to call a guy out, but if you look at some of the n- numbers, like the secondary is definitely going to be an issue. And re- really yeah. outside of Sutton, I do think that the numbers for this defense have been pretty solid. So I think it's going to, like we're saying, is that that seven definitely feels too big, right? Yeah, I know. That's that's probably too big. Um, but, you know, I, I think it will be, at the very least, it will be one score game. Um, but I do think the 49ers will win um, just because, you know, you look at the, the Lions offense and, you know, you kind of know it's coming. I mean, it is a little bit. I think they are um, we do rely a little bit too much on 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 crossing routes. I do think you know there's not as many runs as you'd like. I don't know. It's it's just it, it's a team that it's it's they're they're they don't go off script very often, which the 49ers don't as well too much. But I think I think the forty the point I'm trying to make is the 49ers. I believe have more playmakers. And they do have more more players that I think can um, take it to another level. While I do think the Lions tend like they have great players, but it's definitely I mean with which hats off to Dan Campbell, it, it's definitely a lot more schemed up. It's a lot more of falling in place because that's what the plays told me to do. And I know we said the line was seven. I think there's some books as well, too, that have it at seven and a half. So I know like with especially the explosion of all the sports gambling, there's been a lot of the sites that have been popping up and a lot of different books. So if, if you are trying to shop around and find the best line, I do think a good thing to use would probably be another thing that if you guys want to go into the episode description, bet stamp. It's another partner, and this is another app that we've I've stumbled across. It's again using in getting more into the sports betting. The bet the bet stamp app is an absolute must have, and it's it's not another betting app. What it's gonna do is it's gonna take it's gonna it's gonna find the best odds across all the books. So again, some of the books are gonna have the lines at seven, some of them are gonna have seven and a half. If you just select the sports books that you have, the different accounts that you have. It's going to display all of the different odds across the thing. And then you can find the best one and you can go, oh, this this odds has the best one for the lines, the spread. But this one, oh, this this different sports book over here has better odds for the Niners on the money line. And you can shop around. You can find the best money. You can track. You can do. There's all kinds of different stuff you can do. Maybe we'll explain it in a, another ad read. But uh, if you guys want to start shopping around for the best lines, I do think the Best Stamp app is a good app to use. Again, the link is in the description. There's a referral code in there as well, too. If uh, you guys download that and uh, want to let them know that we sent you. I, I'm telling you, I use this and it's amazing. It's good to use. And it's not just the spread. It's the alternate spread, which I think I'm going to do. I know we've talked about it. And I do think I agree with Sam. The Niners are going to win. But I think the Lions can keep this close. And I think a touchdown is a little disrespectful. And I think even a field goal, I know I was looking at three and a half. I might go like four or five and a half just because the odds are odds are good enough. But I definitely think I'm going to go, like we were saying, alternate spread. And I think the the Lions can at least keep it close. 
Yeah, no, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely keep it close. And um, But, I, I mean, you look at the Buccaneers game, and they were comfortably in there. I mean, that's nothing to um, use as evidence because the Packers were ahead of the 49ers for most of the game. But I, I do think last week was a little bit of a wake-up call for the 49ers. And this is a more veteran team from San Francisco. I think they're, they're you know, they are uh, – there is a team that, you know, I think has been through a little bit more battles. And they've, they've lost a lot in the conference championship. They've had a lot of scars in this game. Uh, they're trying to stop. They've lost the last two years, and they're trying to avoid to become the fifth team to fifth team ever to lose three lose in three straight seasons in the conference championship. Uh, mm. Rodgers knows a little bit about that. But, but you know, it, it, they do. They I mean, it's their 19th appearance there all time, but. You know, so there, there is history. It's not like this is uh, something that they're used to. But I, I just gotta, you know, for the 49ers, they, 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 uh, they, they've been in the, this position the last couple of years, and they kind of gotta bank it in this time. They kind of gotta. I mean, if Shanahan, they, they, they put all their chips in the middle of the corner hat. You know, this is it. You know, last year you could say, you know, they're down to their third string. They're down to the, the coordinator going in for quarterback. Um, but this year, Purdy's there, and um, it's enough with the excuses. That's pretty much all i got to tell the 49ers. I think, I think this year they uh, push through to the Super Bowl. The only other thing I think the Niners have to worry about is, does, does Trent Williams have to shadow Aiden Hutchinson in this one? Because he's always going off the right side of the line. Just move Trent Williams around. Block Hutch Maybe, everywhere. Are you allowed to Probably send him in so. motion? If if Hutch switches sides, you know, after they line up, are they allowed to swap tackles real quick? Send tackles in motion? Mm, interesting. Never thought about it like that. Oh, I guess yeah, one more here. I just thought of this one. Is this is uh, this make uh, is this a make or break game for Purdy? Uh for sure. Yeah, I think it is for sure. Like his job? Mm, wait, do I have to hold up the bracelet? Questions. Here, wait. Is this a make or break game for Brock Purdy? Pure Vita bracelet? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think so. I, I mean, he'll get more chances after this year. But I think, you know, if you have as many weapons as he has, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, Diva Samuel should be back. Um. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can go back into the offseason with Purdy losing three straight conferences in a row, three straight conference wins in a row, and being like, this is our team, you know, and not Two, at yeah. least thinking about other options. So, mm, but you're saying they're wins. And, so you're saying that, that Purdy is still the Niners yeah. starter next year? Yeah, yeah, if they win. Yeah. I mean, I think even if they lose, he will be. But, you know, if you're Lynch, you're looking around a little bit. They don't need to trade for Trey Lance again. Bring him back. Oh Hold the bracelet back no. up. Pure Vita. No. Shout out. But no. <laughs> no, they do not need trade for Trey Lance. So we're both going with the graphic. Ravens Niners. It's yeah. going to happen. The battle of the one seeds. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I definitely believe it's going to happen. The year um, of the Harbaugh's. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but that's not the only um, exciting stuff going on. Uh, we got we got some other things, some other big events going on. And 
One of them that's coming around the corner is the All-Star Game in the NBA, and the All-Star starters were announced, um, I think, yesterday. And, you know, the for the starters, uh, in the okay, in the East, we got Giannis, Joel, Tatum, Halliburton, and Dave. And in the West, we got LeBron, uh, KD, Jokic, Doncic, and SGA. And LeBron and Giannis will again be captains this year. And Rem, we did pick pretty close. I think we had one or two misses. I discounted how not popular Tyrese was nationally, I guess. Because people aren't mm. fans of him that much. Uh, but, you know, Dame fans showed up for him. And, and you know, I think AD was the better player. And uh, Bill Simmons agrees with me. Shout out. Wait, who, uh, who? But I guess Bill Simmons, he had AD and Kawhi as his all-star, all-star forward. Oh, wait, you say um, AD over LeBron? Yeah, you said that last week. Yeah, I did. So, but, Simmons, you know, LeBron fans... Yeah, maybe. But LeBron fans just, you know, they're going to put him over. AD should be as the reserves. And then I had KD in there. Okay, um, wait, do I have to – I guess do I have to – I'll defend LeBron. Do I have to defend LeBron for a second against Sam, against Simmons, against everybody? No, I who, mean, it's who, LeBron. Who, who is the other forward for you? Who's someone different? I'd Kawhi. Kawhi, yeah. So I had LeBron, Kawhi, and Jokic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah, I guess LeBron's been yeah, amazing this season. Last week, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like AD's been a little bit better in terms of stats, in terms of personal play. I think, I think you know, and AD's supposed to be better than the, what, how old is LeBron now? 39, 38? Is LeBron more consistent yeah. night tonight? Uh... He was at least to start the season. Yeah, definitely not on the defensive end. Definitely not on half of the Some of the defensive numbers for LeBron early on were pretty good when he was locked in. And again, that's having, you know, to go to your Davis point, it's having Davis in the back line. I just, if and honestly, when they read the starters, I was, you know, watching the TNT thing, watching as they unveiled the the starters. And when when they do the LeBron 20 years consecutively, he's been an all-star, he continues the all-star thing. Even if he was bad, just to be in on the 20, just to get a 20th consecutive yeah. all-star appearance, that alone is deserving of an all-star starter spot. And the fact that, again, he's still in a all-NBA level type season and still a, could be a number one B on a title team type guy in the in the foreseeable future, you know, the next couple of years, or, you know, for, he's still playing at an amazing level. So I don't think, again, like, I think you, I think you can nitpick it and, uh, like picnics, it's very fair to say that the importance of what Davis is on that team is a reason that LeBron brought him in. There's a reason that they're not going to trade him as long as those two guys are there. But it's not like LeBron isn't deserving of the spot. Like I mean, he's he's playing awesome. No, he he is playing great. Um, looking at some of the voting um, stuff, it looks like Wemby had a better score. Um, better weighted score in terms of voting than John Morant or Jamal Murray. Well, I voted so, on the triple boost days. You have to vote on the triple boost days. He was tied with DeMontis Sabonis. So Wemby almost, almost there, closer than uh, than I think some people realize. 
Um, let's see here. Any is Wemby more popular words? than Jokic right now? Uh, Do I no. got to get the bracelet back up? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'm going to have to get that. new bracelets too. I'm holding them up in the camera going, I, I mean, it just proves I've been a customer for a while. Click the link. Uh, but I do think it is interesting when you look at the rankings. It was actually kind of the media that was out on Steph Curry is the main reason that got a score down. He was fourth. Anthony Edwards was actually ranked higher by the media than Steph Curry to be a starter. I mean, Rem, am I missing something here? I thought we loved Curry. I, I mean, that's what I had last week. So I agree with that. I don't I don't get not they're the one seed. Like the, it's a seeding thing. It's really a seeding thing. That's kind of what it comes down to. I get the the individual skill level. Curry is right there with Edwards. It's not that Curry is playing worse than Edwards this year. It's that Edwards is the lead scorer on a on the you know number two team in the league. Yeah, well, the fans really don't like him. Uh, they had uh, Curry number two. Edwards is the fifth guard. I guess really doesn't like it. Maybe a overstatement, but. Who is yeah, four? I don't know. Wemby above Cat? That's crazy. Uh, by the fans? Um, let's see. Who was four? Uh, Kyrie. So it was Dante, Oh, he is in the West. Yeah. Uh, Curry, SGA, Kyrie. Kyrie, and Edwards. So Kyrie was above Iron. So Kyrie got more fan votes than Brunson? Kyrie is still more popular yeah, than the Brunson? Players. It's interesting. All the people talking about players loving Kyrie, but Fox was ahead of him. He was seventh. Mm. Uh, Kyrie was. It was seventh. Fox was sixth. Um, players get winded had, guarding uh, Fox. Uh, yeah, Booker above Kyrie, and then Edwards above Kyrie. Curry. I don't know. The main point is Curry is not an all-star starter. That's the big headline coming out of this. Um, also, shout out to Sangoon. He's uh, top six. Um, guy mm. for the also starter, but anyway, so yeah, Curry not being a starter, and it seems like the media tanking him. Like, what does this mean, Rem? I mean, I don't do we take anyway from this that you know, team people around the league, you know, fans still love him, you know, players still they did have him outside the top three. I think players know, you know, Doncic and Eshia have been better, but to have the media be down do you think this is any retribution for the draymond green situation you know with Stephen a coming out calling curry not a great leader you know there hasn't been very much good pr around the warriors in general and maybe you know maybe you don't need to take anything away from this but it does seem like there was probably in my opinion i don't think there's people who are lukewarm on curry either you completely love him or there was some serious things that you had questions about him but again, I don't necessarily think anybody's out on Curry season. I just think it boils down to situation. Yeah. And I think where the Draymond Green thing did hurt the, like they're not, the, the media didn't dock Steph Curry for Draymond, but where they, where it did get it affected was, you know, Draymond affected the success of the team and the overall success of the team. And that's not just Draymond too. Like we just talked about it with Carter. There's a bunch of other factors of, to why that's going on, but the fact that the team is not as good is the reason that Curry is not in this spot. And Shea as well, too, is in the... In what, they're the two or the three seed. I know the Nuggets were just back up at the number two seed as of last night when they were showing the standings during that Warriors-Kings game. But who would who would you make the case on over Curry? Who has the more likely case to go against? Because, I mean, you could make this team... The problem is Doncic is not 
Like the, the yeah. Doncic Donch, has the stat case and Shea has the stat case and the team case. So Doncic, you know, his team is not the top end team, but he's he's still out of the playing game, whereas Curry is not in the playing game in the bad side. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think Curry should have booted anyone else, uh, SGA or Doncic, um, from their spot. Um, but you know, I did think it was interesting that it was the media that had it down there, not the fans. Uh, maybe the media means coaches. Well, I'm not sure, but no, I think it's uh, 25. Look, it's what it's it's 50 media or 50 fans, 25% media, 25% player coaches players. or players. Okay, maybe, maybe. And then the I'm coaches sure. vote on the reserves. Yeah, I think. Oh, okay, okay, that would make sense. I think the coaches uh, do coaches vote on the right. reserves. Coaches and media. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but wrong. while the while the West was a little bit disputed, you know, no one was overall one uh, for either side. On the East, it was uh, Giannis was ranked number one by players, fans, and media, and Tyrese was ranked number one by player, fans, and media from front court and guards. Now it is interesting that Dame. While he was ranked fifth by the media and fourth by players, he's ranked third by fans. And it's, it seems like there was a lot of disagreement. And he actually had a tied weighted score with Jalen Brunson. So you were almost right, Rem. But the NBA gave the tiebreaker for the fans. That's what the All-Star game is for. And so that is why Jalen Brunson will not be starting. He'll still be in the game. But you were, you were right, Rem. I mean, it was tied. It was it was that close. It was it was literally 3.75, 3.75, looking at these weighted scores uh, in terms of high rankings. And um yeah, I don't know. Trey Young ranked second by fans, sixth by media and players. That that's that's crazy. Wait, so explain that. What does that mean? The tiebreaker was so so yeah, so they they ranked like one out of eleven or one out of whatever. And so, you know, the lower your score is the better because you know it's ranked like first, second, third. And so Dame was ranked third, fourth overall by players, third overall by fans, and fifth overall by media, which gave him a weighted score of 3.75. And then Jalen Brunson was ranked third by players, fifth by fans, and media ranked him second. So that's 3.75. And, you know, it they were tied. The fan vote, which is the main reason why Brunson's score was tanked in the first place, um, is the reason why he didn't make it to be a starter, and which is the reason why I stated he wasn't, is because it's not as much as a household name as I mean Trey Young second is is, is preposterous according to the players and media and me. But you know, it's it's just who the players who fans know. I mean, they have, you know, um they had Donovan Mitchell above Jalen Brunson, you know, um, and it's just like you know, they didn't know people, you know, just don't know the names as well with Jalen Brunson. I just I don't know if it's publicity or whatever, but Trey Young is definitely a lot more popular with fans, and it's the reason and uh Dame Dame's fan, you know, fandom is a lot stronger than uh Jalen Brunson, and that's why he got in. And the the problem with Jalen Brunson is he's on the Knicks. Do we have to call it Knicks Which fans? Is weird. It's the number one market. It's weird that And even if he was back on Dallas, like Kyrie just proved that. I mean, and Kyrie is obviously a popular player, but 
Yeah. Kyrie and Luca prove that the Dallas market is a big market. Obviously, the, the population of the city proves the Dallas market's um, a big market. But also, it's not exposure that's a problem for Brunson, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Tyrese Maxi was ranked higher than, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I guess I also I, I did. It's probably exposure. Is it also more surprising that fans, so you were saying, so you were saying this off the pot. I don't want to take a, take a, take a take from oh. you, the take, take, mm. but you were saying that Curry is like the litmus test. Voting for Curry is the litmus test on whether or not a person is watching basketball. And is Dame, is Dame also that test? Probably. Probably. I mean, you know, just how bad he was on defense. Because if you, um, yeah, if you're watching, yeah. if if you were watching the Dame Lillard night tonight, are you like a fan of that? I mean, the media isn't. They Over Brunson and Maxi too, I should clarify. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the media wasn't, and they're probably one of the most watching, you know, they had two sets of players above them. Uh, also, you know, uh, the the players also had two players above him, um, and Tyrese and Maxi, which was my backcourt. Yeah, both those guys. For having a, yeah, having a better media rank than Dane. It was just the fans tanked his score to six. Wait, where so. was where was Mitchell's rank? Uh, Mitchell, he was he was like fifth media? best, but he was fifth with players, fourth with fans, and third with media. I think I would have Mitchell over Dame as well for this season. Mitchell's been phenomenal mm-hmm. lately. He's been like 30 a game. Yeah, I don't I think I think the media voted really well this year. Uh the regards in the East they did Tyrese one, uh Jalen. Oh, I guess they had Brunson two. Uh they had Mitchell three, Maxi four, and then Dame five. And Trey Young six. And then yeah, the rest were seven. So I I think it wasn't actually bad ranking. Trey Young. Go go media. Is that the, the media complicating the media? Would you have voted Derek White over Trey Young? Nope. Mm. It is crazy that Derek White didn't even make the ballot here in terms of top players. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did the Nassis get more votes than Derek White? Uh maybe. I don't know. He's not on this list. I'm looking at like the top ten, I think. Um and it is crazy that in the also in the front court for the East, uh Giannis, Tatum, and Joel Embiid were ranked some combination of one, two, three, uh, between players, fans, and media. So yeah, you know, they're just clearly I mean, Jalen Brown was the next one and he was like Sixth by players, fifth by fans, and fifth by media. So he's just just because he wasn't ranked worse by everyone else. The algorithm. Um, yeah, pretty much. That's the only reason why he's there. Paolo Boncaro actually tied him, which is kind of interesting. Paolo. Mm. Come up. Tied Brown? Yeah. For forwards? Yeah, I guess it would be for front court. Who's right behind Paolo? Yeah. So he's over Jimmy Butler? Uh, yeah, so Jimmy Butler was actually ranked fourth by fans um and uh but eighth by players and media so not not really mm. fans of by players I'm not sure if, it, if it's like ranking by or yeah just have yeah, players and media both don't like him 
Not a great regular season, but anyway. Also, another thing, unless he had something else, I'll start moving on. Um, something else that we had going on: the Olympic pool uh, was announced. Forty-one players, pretty much all the regular suspects that we suspected would be there are there. Um, Grant Hill did mention that. Um, <laughs> that uh, Draymond Green wasn't on there because of his suspension. So there was some clarification on that. But, mm. yeah, Rem, were there any any players that you were thinking should be on there? I mean, you know, we're not going to read all 41 players that are on there, but players that are outside looking in. I don't know. Tyrus Maxey said it fueled him. Mm. Yeah, I've got a couple of snubs I want to throw at you quick. But I think the biggest takeaway I had looking at the pool was the reminder that we got the Embiid commitment. This year, because was it between yeah. it was between us and France? I get. I think there was a third yeah. one in there as well too. Maybe come around. Yeah, and I think it narrowed it down to France, the U.S., and then eventually the U.S. Which, I mean, with the way Embiid's playing right now, we're gonna take that to the Olympics. We're probably gonna end up winning. Yeah. So probably, if he stays healthy. Can't wait for the MB time. But uh, like we said, 41 guys got the nod for the camp. And I can't wait for these videos, by the way. The Team USA practices? Yeah. Plus, I can't wait for us next week to make our own draft. draft Mm. What do we do next week? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we could do a draft. We'll see. Maybe we could save it for after the Super Bowl. We'll see. Mm, coming up next, stay tuned. Subscribe mm-hmm. for the Team USA Draft. And just in general, too, mm-hmm. like if, if there is one thing you guys are going to stay tuned for besides the mashed potatoes and the self-driving cars, it's gonna, it is going to be our coverage of the Olympic team. Because make no mistake, we will be the number one place for your coverage for oh, Team sure. USA basketball. We were on it for FIBA. We're going to be on it again for, I guess, the, not even just Team USA, too. All of the guys. The world. The world might even be more interesting than Team USA. (laughs) No one else will be wasting, I mean, researching as many hours (laughs) as we will be on the Team USA preseason, regular season, everything, bro. This team, I mean, they even got Chris Paul, uh, Scotty Barnes. I mean, I don't know, right? Who who are we missing? Like, we got even Cam Johnson still. Okay, here, let me get the list of the guys that are actually – on the team. Chet Holgren, Carisco. Yeah, I know you said you're not going to read the names, but we've got Bam, Jared Allen, Palo, Bain, Scotty Barnes, Booker, Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler, Alex Caruso, Steph Curry, AD, KD, Edwards, Embiid, Fox, Paul George, Aaron Gordon, Halliburton, James Harden, Josh Hart, making a Team USA return, Tyler Hero, I guess this is USA, guys. Drew Holiday, Chet, Brandon Ingram, Kyrie, Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr., LeBron, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Kawhi, Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Bobby Portis for the veteran leadership, Austin Reeves, Duncan Robinson for the shooting, Duncan Robinson, Jason Tatum, Derek White, and Trey Young. It would actually be stupid. 
if Robinson would make this team and not play for his own NBA team. So is this the is this the who should replace Duncan Robinson in the Team USA camp? I don't even want to say yeah, that he's a Michigan much. guy. Final Four. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, and you get DMPs. I mean, he might be playing a little bit more this season. Like, actually, consistent minutes, but. If you get DMPs at one point. Now, who's replacing Chris Paul? Like, come on, what are mm, for the inevitable pulled hammy? Like, like national team. Like, <laughs> like let's be real, guys. Is is Grant Hill gonna be sitting in his office debating about Chris Paul versus Tyrese Halliburton? Is Grant Hill gonna be in his office debating whether Chris Paul or himself? Like he might go in. He's like, I can't I can put up some shots. Are those even Grant Hill's original knees? <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, I'm well, just I saying, guess like Chris Paul has been solid, but come on. I guess my list is one name shorter because Duncan Robinson. I had him on here as a oh, snub and didn't realize he was made, made yeah, the I think team. he had the same thing with Jared Jackson. I thought he was snub. <laughs> no, I didn't think Duncan Robinson was on the team. No, but... I. Oh. <laughs> but uh, the who He's should no. re... the for when Chris Paul pulls a hammy, who gets the forty-first place nod in the Olympic team snubs draft? So you already said Maxi. I think Maxi is the number one guy. Yeah. Are yeah, you just? Clearly. It's safe to say that Maxi probably should have gotten the Duncan Robinson spot. Should I hold the bracelet back up, Curvita? Mm-hmm. Um, is, he should have gotten Maxie... the Caruso spot. He should have gotten the Aaron Gordon spot. Ooh. You know, maybe over Cam Johnson. Like Walker Kessler, you're telling me Walker Kessler is straight up. I get it, he's a big. He's a straight up better player than, than Tyrese. <laughs> like, come on now. Chris Paul over Tyrese Halburn. Or not Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey. Like, let's be real. Tyrese Maxey is. 37% from the three three point line. So obviously he's, you know, not the same type of shooter as Duncan Robinson, but Cam Johnson, 39%. He plays the games. Yeah. yeah no, he's the type of shooter that should that checks in. <laughs> <laughs> the type of shooter I, that you I, run plays I'm for? Saying, I'm just saying, man. It's it's not even I don't, I don't you know. He was he was I mean, the players thought he should have been starting in the all-star game. But he can't start for team USA, like. Or at least being the he can't be in the Olympic pool for Team USA. That's double. Duncan Robinson is taking his most shots per game this year. Ten point three. Yeah, I guess he is playing. Be Duncan uh, Robinson. This was another. Don't have any options. So these were the two like big star names that I thought got left off. Number one, Tyrese Maxey. Number two. Let me double check because the list. No, I read the list in alphabetical order, right? Uh, so yeah, who this is list, it? Who is it? This list is. There's Let's only one. There's only one person in the W's. It's Derek White. Zion Williamson. Oh no, you don't want. Totally him. left off. Forty-one yeah, guys. I, you don't want him there, man. He's just. He wasn't in the summer one, or he wasn't on what? What team was that? The. The FIBA uh, team. FIBA, yeah, he wasn't in the summer. Diva, it's like Zion. Zion needs to figure his stuff out. I don't think. Am I the only character thing? Am I the only person that still likes Zion? I like Zion. 
But I get not wanting him there in terms of character and stuff. And chances are LeBron probably said someone said something. Someone oh. said something. Oh, Chiravita. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think someone definitely said something. Because there's no way Zion's a big enough profile. Like Tyrese, you can kind of, <laughs> you know, maybe people don't want to ball. You think he's a little bit of a ball, you know, blah, 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 haters. But I think Zion, someone had to say something. And it was probably, I don't know, maybe it was Steve Kerr. Who knows? Mm. Shout out this all-star coaching. I mean, imagine imagine getting coached by Steve Kerr, Mark Few, Tyron Lewin, like. I'm After you said LeBron, if if LeBron left Zion out, got me thinking. Maxi is also a clutch guy, a clutch sports guy. Yeah, I don't know why. Duncan Robinson, not a clutch sports guy. I'd honestly like. Is 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 Tyrese as good as Austin Reeves? Like, is he up there? Maybe is it for the pod? I don't know. They're who? I don't know who's, if it's a crazy. Who's gonna have the better pod between Paul George and Duncan Robinson? To document the trip? Is that what it is? Is Pat Maybe. Bev, did he get the invite? Oh, gosh. No, he didn't. Thank God. I'd actually Send Ron? The table. If Pat Bev got one above uh, Tyrese. But the thing any was, other crazy the thing, well, just The thing with Zion this season is mm. the numbers the numbers that he was putting up were, and you've said this, yeah. like actually historic. Like yeah. one, of, one of one historic. In this season, he's 22 points a game, 59% from the field, which is not necessarily one of one historic, but like, you know, in a way, historic efficiency. There's not a lot of guys that have shot almost 20, you know, 60% from the field, 20 plus yeah. points a game like that. He's, and really he's down the four, he's down the four points a game. He's taking one less shot and two less free throws. And, you know, there is some aggressiveness yeah. there as well too. So again, the production is, I don't want to say kind of all the same because you mentioned character as well too. And there is just a general vibe of where that new Orleans team probably should be yeah. at this point, especially when you got the thunder going off the other side too, but I'm still in on the Zion, the Zion, uh, the Zion thing. I'm still there with it. I still think he has. And again, maybe he's the, the stuff that he showed as a rookie was incredible, but uh, we can get into it some other time. I, I still like Zion. The, the other, the third big snub I had was, and we talked about him for All-Star last week, mentioned his name, but Jalen Williams? OKC, Jalen Williams? Mm. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I think that's an interesting leave up. I mean, I think it's just, you know, not being known enough. Um, yeah, that, that one is definitely, Grant Hill was not watching the Jalen Williams. Days. Where is SGA from? He's Canadian. Oh, uh, he is Canadian. Yeah, let's let's see the Canadian poll. Yeah, Murray Shane Wiggins. Adam. Did Shaden Sharp make it? Can we figure out if Shaden Sharp is in the Canadian pool? Would you rather have James Harden or Jalen Williams in your team? Do, USA how many players? Harden's been playing good against, lately. Uh, yeah, does Grant Will does Grant Hill know of? I know he does, <laughs> but it, it's just like how well known respect, you know. And oh, that is true. Duncan Robinson could have met Jalen or met Grant Hill, and that's how he got on. It's 
Yeah, I don't know, but it's definitely an older team, and their older players want their buddies around them. And this is definitely a buddy trip. Like, you know, they're calling all the Avengers, and sadly, Jalen Williams is not an Avenger, even if he's playing like one. And if you, in most of this list, I mean, I guess Duncan Robinson, Walker Kessler, Austin Reeves, there's a bunch, but like, who is the guy I was just thinking of? Uh, oh, like Chet was on this list, for example. So there was an OKC guy on this team, but Chet was also like a Team USA guy, like as a young kid. He's been in the system. Jalen Williams kind of flew under the radar. Santa Clara, nobody really knew about him until the draft. And uh, I think the Spurs took Sohan over Jalen Williams. So we'll see how that works out again. I still like Sohan. Mm. But uh, <laughs> have you seen his shooting numbers oh, this year? He's 54% uh, from the field, 44% from three. Interesting. Also, shout out Team USA graphic makers for having Paolo in there above Curry. Uh, mm. One of the most egregious things that I've seen in a long time. Like as a, as a, as like one of the people. Yeah. Like, like they have the, graphic Oh, actually, I think you sent that to me. Yeah. Curry's just not, not in there. And it's kind of like, um, like what? And right, then he gets snubbed from the all-star starters. I think all the comments are just talking about that. Like, yeah, I think they need to kind thing. of butter up Palo a little bit, though, because he could have gone to Team Italy. So yeah, also, the face... no and B too, but yeah, true. But I guess he didn't have a jersey, but they want guys in like USA jerseys, and I guess like currently put played, one on like, him. He didn't play in the Olympics, so yeah, there's been some edits I've seen, but you can't DM one of these jersey swap guys. Uh, Should Lamelo Ball have been on the team? Give Lamelo Ball an invite. I don't know. Trey is Trey Young there. Trey Young's on there. Yeah. Who would yeah, Who I would don't... you have rather have given an invite to? Here, I'll give you. I'll give you choices. Okay. Lamelo Ball or Anthony Simons. Mm. Or Kate Cunningham. Yeah, Kay Cunningham probably could have snuck on there. I mean, he did just have such a bad season. And considering how well he played on the select team, they could have at least put him on there. I was going to say, do we need to pull up like Kay Kay Cunningham, Cunningham highlights from the summer? Kay Cunningham or Duncan Robinson. And that's the thing, <laughs> is where you start realizing that they're not putting I think the there's best a lot of guys we could go there. for Duncan Robinson. Yeah, exactly. They're not <laughs> They're not putting the best players on there. They're putting the players that will fit the best for the players that they know they're playing. So Harry they know Rozier. they're gonna they know LeBron is gonna be there. They know like these players are gonna be there and they're gonna dominate the ball. And so it's those like couple of bench pieces that they're like, okay, could these guys be good around? Like Walker Kessler. There's no reason Walker Kessler should be there above Zion. But they do know Walker Kessler will probably pay play better with the stars than Zion. So I, I know you know this, but just for the audience, like that's probably why. You know, they didn't have them there. Not because they're better players. They think they're better players. Like, Grant Hill isn't dumb. It's just they put <laughs> well. the players. They just put the players that make more sense for the players that they know for sure are starting. Because, oh, I mean, we kind of know looking at the list who's playing. And I, that absolutely needed to be said because that is the exact case for why Keegan Murray should have gotten an invite. Yeah. Yeah. I think Keegan Murray would have been an excellent player. He would have been amazing. It would have been. He would have been great. 
I, I think that I think that's actually a good point. Shout out the Iowa guy. That would have been great if Keegan Murray made it. Did he have 30 last night? Bobby no, Harrison Barnes had 30. Murray. Like, come on. Mm, Duncan Robinson or Keegan Murray? <laughs> like he's huge and he can hit threes. Like Miles McBride. Anyway. Oh, okay. All right. Or All right, time to get to the time to get to the corners here. Julius uh, Randle was the only other guy I had written down. Oh, uh, Julius Randle? Yeah, I don't, I'm never gonna defend Julius. Oh, also, also, I don't know. I didn't look into why these guys didn't get invite, but I assume it's injury, maybe suspension too. Yeah, but John, John Moran, yeah. yeah, and also Darius yeah. Garland. Mm, yeah, but he's hurt right him. now, Fair so enough. I can't imagine he would be injured in this season and then go play in the summer. But maybe he yeah. would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, getting into the piercing truth, kind of having up a soccer corner that I was kind of forgot to mention. The Egyptian national team mm. soccer team has had a rash of injuries. Their number one player, Sal, who's by far their best player, got injured. And before their last game, they decided to sacrifice a cow and serve it to <laughs> local. Local, um, and mind you, this is not the, they, this is not the first time that this was done. Um, they have sacrificed; they did sacrifice a calf during training before going to win the 2008 Africa Cup of Nations in Ghana. So you know, it's the they are record um, time seven time champions uh, for this current current game, but. Um, yeah, they sacrificed a cow to bring them good luck. They said they, they, Did it work? you know, gave it and, um, this was done. This happened today. So we'll see. Oh, okay. They're, they're, they're going to start the Africa Cup of Nations and, uh, we'll see. But yeah, they lost, uh, they lost their goalkeeper, uh, with a dislocated shoulder on the group game. So now they're going to have bracket play and, um, when is yeah, that game? Looks like, um, let's see, an Egyptian national team. What league is that? Uh, um, so it's Africa Cup of Nations, and it starts Sunday against the Congo at noon. I think it's the uh, knockout stage. Wait, you said Saturday? Sunday at noon. I'm trying to and see so if I can find odds for it. Just enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they won their two group games, but lots of injuries. So they're headed to the headed to the or no, this is World Cup qualifier. Uh, so Africa Cup of Nations. Um, so yeah, they tied all three of their games, group games, and squeaked into the group. And so now they get to play uh, the Yard Congo for. Um, who also tied all the games um, for it for it to win it all. So we'll see. But yeah, Mo Salah, by far the best player, is out. So um, we'll see what they they got. But yeah, what league is Bayern Munich in? In 2024, uh, they're in Bundesliga. That's club team. What's Bundes? That's club team. Yeah, that's the German, the German league. Yeah, these are like the national African teams. Okay, so these are my options on Betstamp right now for oh, okay. Looking- Looking for soccer odds. I got W Cup, so I'm guessing it's not World Cup. Uh, MLS, EPL, Bun League, Liga, League One, UCL, and Sierra. S-E-R-A. Okay. Yeah, those are all the club teams, but you could bet on Carter's favorite team, <laughs> Barcelona, on La Liga. La Liga? 
Yeah. When's that? Saturday? Uh, I think they do play tomorrow. They do. They're they're matched up against I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, Villarreal? Let me see. Oh, Villarreal. Villarreal CF. Yep. And if you look, if you look on Betstamp right now, I mean, there's some sports books have it plus, or yeah, they have, uh, how do you say it? Villarreal? Yeah, Villarreal. They have Villarreal as an underdog plus 650, but other sports books have them plus 750. So you don't know what your sports book giving you, if it's the best one or, you know, you, you, you're going to go through all of your apps and look at them all and go through every line. I'm telling you, Betstamp, they put it all in one spot. Bet stamp. How do I get there? All right. The link. It's in the description. Oh man, I gotta I gotta check out the link. Click the link. Bet. Click the link. Uh, shout out, shout out, Bet Stamp for sponsoring. We uh we appreciate it. Yeah, like um, ESPN. ESPN bets got Barcelona minus two two eighty, but DraftKings minus three minus three twenty. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, do they have bets on our next Piercing Truth, Stephen A versus Trump? What's going on here? Did you see he, this? He, he, uh, it sounds like Stephen A wants to be on a presidential um, political debate. He said, I'd, mm. I'd eat his... What did he say? <laughs> I'd eat him alive? Oh, okay. They The, the, the thing was wrong. Uh, do you have it pulled up? Do you see what he said? He said he can go. He he wants to go one on one with Trump. Pause. Name a place and time, and I'd show up. Do you know? I mean, he's just kept going on and on. He's like, "Do you know how much material I have? Look at him. Are you kidding me? I marvel at how how people have limited comebacks for him. Jeb Jeb Bush, low energy, no comeback. Marco Rubio, little Rubio, no comeback. He called him little so Rubio. Got to come back at him. Yeah, I don't know. It it sounds like Stephen A wants to go wants to come out of look look, Stephen A has really just let it fly this last year. Like the Stephen A Smith show, I mean he's ranking Pokemon, he's ranking days, he's ranking like everything Have you watched any of first take lately? A little bit. Not since he not really since he started the show. Ever since yeah, you're right. The last couple of weeks it's been like the amount of times Molly has had to remind him that they're on ESPN. It's there's definitely been, it's not only just Stephen A though on his own show. It's the fact that he has, well, one Pat McAfee on the network now has kind of obviously set a new standard for what could go on there and what other employees may be able to demand. But his co-host is Shannon Sharp and Shannon Sharp is also independent. He's, he's not, he doesn't necessarily do go as crazy as Stephen A does sometimes, but mm-hmm. I guess the main difference is like on Nightcap they necessarily don't swear, but uh, other than that, I think they're hailing the same audience. But he's got Shannon Sharp on the other end, also being like a competitive YouTube guy, independently building his own thing. So I do think that he is keeping up in a in a way. But yeah, I mean, he wants to de- he wants to debate the 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 big debater. He wants to debate the main well- guy, Trump. And it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I think Stephen A has just been looking 
to do something, you know, be in the news. And he's, I mean, he, why are you on Howard Stern's show? You know, he's definitely trying to raise his profile. Yeah. Um, and so he can be in bigger than ESPN, independent of ESPN with his own thing. You know, Club Shay Shay has Cat Williams on, you know, pretty much huge thing in his of zone. And like you mentioned, Pat McAfee. And so, you know, the personalities are definitely taking over what the individual companies are. And uh, I think Stephen A is starting to become bigger than ESPN. You know, I think his his profile is definitely rising as ESPN it continues to be a sinking ship. And, you know, they're still, they're still, you know, he's still, they're still using him and he's using them, but ESPN is becoming less and less of a serious threat as they continue to lose money each year. And Stephen A realizing that is making sure that he has a future without him. What do you think he wants to do? Do you think he wants to keep being a strictly a media personality? Who knows? I, I think he would. I think he'd stay in media. Um, yeah, so he's not doing, he he's not pulling this move because he's trying to cross over into some other bigger stuff. No, I, I don't think he wants to become president. No. President Stephen, yeah. President Stephen A. 20, what was what it? 2020. We're, we're voting this year, right? 2028. Yeah. Is he setting, for... setting himself up? president so do they do first take from the white house then is that just he in just the oval on, office he just comes on the show and starts giving like debate topics now you see the thing with russia here is like you gotta take into account today putin. we're gonna be joined by putin we're debating now, putin, putin you don't understand putin now, is a very bad man he's a very very bad now, Putin, before we get to the political stuff, you said you had Durant top five? <laughs> oh, God. What is it? Uh, the North Korea leader on talking about Pippin number one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Rodman is underrated. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anywho, um, let's see here. Oh, Frisbee Corner. Uh Quick shout out. College Frisbee is back. Um, we do have some, some college um, um, college tournaments going on this weekend with some of the top teams, um, both for men's and women's, um, over in Santa Barbara, here in the great state of California. We got Oregon. Uh, we got BYU. You know, some of those top-ranked guys uh, for D3, uh, the national champ, or not the national champs, but – uh, the ones who won the last, not last year, but the two years before that, who have scholarship players on their team, Oklahoma Christian, they are flying out here. And on the women's side, they do have Stanford, uh, Santa Barbara, California. So they also have their top teams here. And uh, that's on this coast. On the other coast, uh, North Carolina is hosting their own tournament, the Carolina kickoff. Um, not as many profile teams, but – they still have, you know, they still have themselves and pretty much it's pretty much not not too much. I mean, they have Carlton's B team, nothing crazy. But, yeah, the Santa Barbara um, one definitely has a lot more teams and is ongoing. And an interesting thing to know, it does start today. Um, it did start today. And that's because today, Saturday or Friday. Um, today is Friday because BYU, uh, both men's and women's team cannot play on Sunday. So they have to get their mm. group games over with today. Um, and they played the local team. So thankfully no one had to travel in to play on Friday. Um, but 
Yeah, so Frisbee is back. And uh, in terms of league, um, we played against the team, the only team that we beat so far this season, and we beat them again. We're back to 500, 2-2. Two and two. Um, It did become a lot closer than we'd like. I uh, went down to uni, but uh, you can definitely tell the chemistry is growing with the team. Interest is growing. I don't know. I thought we were the second best team in the league. We might be third. We're somewhere there. It depends <laughs> on who shows up. It's close. But, you well, know. Well, that's fair. Oh, if you don't have all your guys. Exactly. Uh, but we did. I did receive positive feedback uh, in terms of time as captain. I don't know. People said, like, time as captain. So that was good. Um, I don't, a lot of the players from the club team that I'd like to play for uh, and o are in the league. So that's good. And this mm. is kind of like my audition tape before doing tryouts. Like, they'll kind of get to know me. So praying it works. We'll see what happens. I mean, we got some on my team, too. So. Really excited, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I thought I was playing horrible, and someone was like, "Oh, no one wants to go." I'm like, okay, that's cat. But we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. It is. It is fun. Good stuff. Uh, good team. We're back to five hundred. We're gonna be. I think we're playing the number one. We're playing the, the number one team again next week. I think. Um, and I think that's always the, the place you want to be in too. Is you want to be the toughest critic of yourself, but yeah. Just going back uh, to. We'll see. Just going back to college really quickly, I had the rankings pulled up and I was looking at some of the biggest risers and fallers from the rankings here. So it looks like this says Brown is up 10 spots. We got Brown on a hot streak. Do we need to be worried about Brown at all? Yeah. Do you have any history? No, definitely, definitely be worried about Brown. Uh, They have, they do have one of the better players and they have Jack Nissen, the the player I was mentioning last week. Have the under was leading the under twenty four team and led the club national team. So yes, do be do be very worried about Brown. Uh, the only team to really give North Carolina any headaches. Mm. Uh, North last, Carolina last back up to number one. Pittsburgh also up four spots. They're the second biggest mover. The biggest faller in the rankings down nine spots. Unfortunately. Is Magnum Mag Magni Mag UM mm, Michigan Magnum Magnum? Oh, it is Magnum. Uh, they got it stylized it weird with the capitals. Where where did you see these rankings at? U USA Ultimate. Oh oh, so it's the all USA Ultimate. Okay, they just started doing these rankings. Um, oh, you know crazy. what? These might be old. You might be right. You might be onto something. These yeah. might be from last year. See. Let me see if we can get some current college rankings. college rankings. Let's see. I mean, that. let's see. When was this last updated? Oh, so this is how the end of the year happened, I think. So yeah. Michigan ended last year on a down streak. Yeah, they, they I mean, they ended 4-10. and 10. Um, Yikes. Yeah, I mean, they were just playing in tournaments with way better teams. But Brown, so you're saying Brown on a hot streak. So they're, yeah, apparently they've carried yeah. that momentum into – yeah, let's see if we can find some rankings. There they was... might only have the final season ones up to this point. Yeah, I, I mean, not ones. a lot of people count um, fall season just because of how it is. Let's see here. Yeah. I don't know this means. Um, it's not on Alti World? No, there is a website called frisbee-rankings.com, but it also only shows to the end oh, of so, last year as well. So 
So yeah, um, here on Alti World it says on Alti World it says that it, they have theirs updated as of January twenty first. So like we said, we're recording this Friday. Uh, yeah. January twenty sixth. Michigan. Third, shout out. Michigan at twenty two. And Yo. yeah, Brown third. Like yeah, said. Brown. I said, like I said, be very scared of Brown. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts does have a lot of good players all around, but yeah, no, Brown is Brown is great. BYU at fifth. Shout out, great Ducks. Yep, Doug, Yeah, Ducks are always like eleventh. Um, Texas just repurposed the Longhorn logo. Logo. A lot of these schools. Yeah, tough. Mix it up. Dark side's obviously way different for North Carolina. Colorado's yeah. got like a shield. The Michigan logo's yeah, different. Yeah, there's literally just a patch. Like it's a patch. And they only put it on there um, when they play, I think is their rule. They can't like wear it in practice and stuff, I think. I think I heard too that they're going to try to remake it to the prime sunglasses for next mm. season for their logo. Utah State is the same. UCLA. Yeah. The Texas Longhorn thing, though, looking at the Longhorn logo in the Ultimate Frisbee rankings is kind of jarring. That's what they call it, T-U-F-F. I was just going to ask who Tufts is. Because all these are real. Tufts. There's T-U-F-T-S. That's a whole different school than Tufts, which is Texas Frisbee's name, T-U-F-F. Postseason title, 2018? Shout out. Washington's kind of cool. They've got like a trident for a w yeah and it's not is this washington oh it is actually oh it is yeah. actually washington okay because there's also wash u which is based out of st louis that they were pretty good and I thought all these washington. schools are powerhouse schools yeah besides maybe cal poly yeah they're, they've been they've been around for a minute they have some good um they have not a prominent I don't football school. Now they do have they do have a player who was on the national team. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But yeah. Pretty much a lot of the old old yeah, not a lot of shakeups on the on the board going into the new year. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, that should be about it. Unless you have something else. Right, just checking. Uh, but that should be about Shout it. Shout out Pure Vida. Bad stamp. Any any other anyone else we need to shout out? I don't know. I see maybe one more. Did we get everybody? Oh, did we get the one for the the hometown? If you guys are on bed stamp too, sign up for DRF Sportsbook. Link is also in the description. Promo code. The promo code for that one is crazy. If you guys are in Iowa and you want to sign up for DRF Sportsbooks, they will match your they will match your deposit up to three hundred bucks with the promo code in the description. So. Maybe next week we're going to do a little... Maybe next week Sam will have to cook up a parlay or something. And you guys can use... Sign up next week using the promo code. They'll match your description. A little Sam game parlay? Oh! Do we need to workshop that? Segment Sam Gar and Sam parlay. All right, free $300. Check the links. No, check for real though, check all the links in the bio. Shout out to Rem putting in the work getting these sponsors much appreciated and um yeah support the pod if you want to support the pod check the links out and let us know dm us if if you're if you're looking for merch looking for other ideas yeah we love to spread out the pod and um dms are always open but dms yeah, open for anything listening. anything honestly thank you for listening to this pod 
make sure you check our Spotify. Make sure you check the YouTube. Make sure you check the Instagram. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks to Carter for coming on the pod. And uh, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>